Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, that sounds better. Uh, yesterday, things were a little, I don't know, <laughs> it's like my, my studio screen was on vacation too, so everything was sluggish. I'm trying to find my way around my desk and trying to get things organized here and, and get back into uh, radio. But uh, we have a very busy day today. Uh, we've got Brianna Cannon, who just popped onto the line as soon as I said that. Uh, so we're going to talk all kinds of uh, government stuff in our government inquiry uh, um, report right here. And she's a challenge for me. So, so Brianna, I, I get a kick out of Brianna. <laughs> She, she has all kinds of things. She's like, she's like daring me to do stuff all the time, which is really fun. So she's the only one doing it right now. So I, I love these challenges. I love the kind of uh, fun, fun, spontaneous things that happen on here. So that's kind of cool. Jesse's in the second hour. Uh, Jesse Kasi with the Latino Report. I think we're going to spend a lot of time on Ukraine because Ukraine's a disaster right now with about half a million Russian troops masking the border. I'll probably ask Brianna about that as well. And in the third hour, third hour, I got a real treat for you. This is my first time interviewing a, a, a Hollywood you know, mogul. Hollywood celebrity, and it's especially important to uh, those of us at Action Radio here um, because uh, we're, <laughs> we're kind of involved in a Hollywood production called The Falcon, and uh, I'm going to talk to Mario about how much I can talk about this. Well, I'll let, I'll let him do it because it's his movie, but he's the producer of The Falcon, and I've been, uh, been graced with the opportunity to be a, a technical advisor uh, to this show. It's a constitutional, historical, political something. I'm still reading uh, what's going on, but um, it's, I, you know, it's like a dream come true. So how many chances does, does someone say, hey, do you want to be involved in the Hollywood movie? Um, yes. <laughs> so that's a, that's, that, was, that was an easy one. So I got a new theme for Brianna. So let's introduce her with her new theme. And let me just find it right here. The, 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 alphabetically, there we go. Where did I put her? I know I got it here somewhere. Oh, it's probably under G for government inquiry. I get, uh, yep, thought so. Okay, so I'll be right back here. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Our line's live now. Well, I really made you sound great, didn't I? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Good morning, Brianna. Good morning. So what's up? Good Thanksgiving? Having fun? Are you, are you recovering from, from uh, turkey stuffing or, or, or how you doing? Yeah, it was a really good Thanksgiving. We had a lot of food. Oh, good. Enough leftovers uh, uh, to feed 40 people. Oh, we only have nine. Oh, well, see, that's great. So, I mean, there's, there's turkey sandwiches, turkey casserole. There's, there's amazing things you can do with turkey. It's just too bad we eat it, uh, you know, only once a year because I actually I like turkey. Turkey is really nutritious a lot of the year. So, uh, you know, you should have like a spring turkey, a summer turkey, and, uh, and away you go. I, I'm just, I have to ask you, 
because uh, I don't know your family at all uh, yet, but uh, do you guys have like have like the liberal side and the conservative side, and do you have to like watch discussions, or can you guys pretty much talk? You know, if you do talk politics, is it pretty free flowing at, at your place? I, idle curiosity, don't mind me. <laughs> um. Well, like my family is just like me, my mom, and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um. But they have like invite they invite friends over. So like Christmas uh-huh. and Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, usually people are like-minded for the most part, but um, they generally don't get into um, discussions like that just because, um, I don't know, they, they'd be laughing at each other. <laughs> well, I learned a long time ago, you don't convince people of your point of view by beating them over the head with it, but it's, it's interesting to understand, you know, if you can have a, a civil chat about how they think. And holidays aren't the best time, but I know that's, that's something we talk about here on the show. Uh, as to what happens, you know, on holidays and all those those wonderful discussions. And we have families, you know, going crazy sometimes. We have – I know I've lost a lot of friends, uh, Facebook friends, that uh, before we all got as political, you know, we especially, you know, some marching band friends from college that I had uh, um, chats with all the time. But uh, it just – you know, the debate kind of, uh, as, our, as our sides got further and further apart, between basically the Marxists and the Patriots, uh, it's been a very interesting thing to watch. And, uh, you know, I'm open to having them come back. It's like, hey, guys, let's just talk. We can do that. But it, uh, it isn't always that simple. Okay, what's on your mind? What, uh, what, what have you been puzzling over uh, the last week? What's, uh, what should we inquire into today? So... Um, I actually have an idea for, like, um, um, future shows. Maybe not today since we already have, like, a, kind of a discussion mm-hmm. thing for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something in my government class that they do, and it's, like, a poll. Mm-hmm. Basically, you kind of do this vote on which choice you'd make. And okay. I think it would be really fun to go through the polls and see, like, how, um, like, which student, which answers more students chose compared to, like, the um, information that they give, like, whenever we're learning. I think that would be something really interesting. No, it would be interesting, absolutely. Yeah, I'm always curious, um, you know, what young folks are thinking, just because, you know, you have a different environment. You know, you grew up, I mean, you you don't remember a time before computers uh, or, or, you know, smartphones or things like that. I mean, I go back to the, the rotary dial, just to give you a little comparison. And so I remember when the answering machine came out, it's like, whoa, this is pretty cool. But Besides the technology, I'm also curious about your sources of news. In fact, I actually had that on the, on the discussion today. It's like, where, where are, are younger folks getting their news from? And, and how is it, you know, is it social media? Is it all, you know, we used to have, uh, I remember three news stations, NBC, ABC, and CBS, Walter Cronkite, John Chancellor, and uh, a couple, I've forgotten who was on, um, there was another one, <laughs> like big three. And they just did all the news, and that was it. And those were your news sources or your, your city paper and things like that. Um, but because there's so much access to so much different news now, you know, and it's divided up very, very politically, I'd be very curious to poll results. And especially if we can correlate that with news sources you know, in, in political philosophy, which, which is I'm sure we're going to find matches. You know, certain people, if they have a more left-wing bent, they're going to listen to certain uh, or watch certain news sources, and they're going to have a particular opinion. I mean, I know with me, you know, I, I, I look at, the, at uh, you know, what I consider the, the, the moderate news, which everybody else would consider, you know, right-wing radical, you know, conservative, you know, patriot news, things like that. Um, but it's, it's, all, it's all in your perspective. So absolutely, absolutely, let's do that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, one thing about news is I think mm-hmm. it's okay to have, you know, liberal news outlets, and I think it's okay to have conservative news, news outlets. I think the problem that everybody is really up against right now that people are hating this news 
is these like um uh, more like um non-biased news outlets so that's like oh, objective news yeah are, yeah unbiased or objective yeah that objective news are okay. more are all liberal and they're taking over the mainstream to you know only on the liberal side i think that's what um a lot of people are having a problem it's and really of course point. no fake fake news with that well, um, now, so that's all right. Okay, you, you just raised two huge issues here. So, the, you know, in fact, as a as a conservative, uh, I, I don't, and I'm way to the right of conservatives. I'm basically constitutional independent. So, uh, you know, and, and pretty strong in that view. Um, hopefully, around where the found, founders were, because that's what I'm modeling the show after, and what we're doing here as citizen legislators. But um, you look at at the news. Um, and say conservatives, patriots, America firsters, we don't care that the left broadcasts, you know, left news. Uh, we care when they lie. What we really care about, though, is when they say anything other than their news is fake news, is a lie. And, 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 then, and then proceeds to censor. And then because the left wing news is working so closely with our left wing, you know, insurrection government. And so now you've got a situation where the government's controlling the Justice Department and, and using that against the, their opposition. The government and the media work together as a team, and social media works with the government and the media as, a, as the third, you know, third leg of the triangle uh, that is suppressing anything that they don't want. I think that's what the problem is. That's the first problem. It's the suppression news that the left doesn't want to try and you know, sense the debate, change the debate, make up new words for the debate, and, and put everything in their perspective. See, all... Most conservatives, you talk to them, it's like, yeah, we don't care what the left is doing. We just want our fair shake. We want a fair share of the news. We want to be able to broadcast what we broadcast and not have it be immediately taken off or challenged simply because, you know, it's from a source that is different than MSNBC, CNN, and all the other little twiddlies. That's the first point. That's a big one right there. Uh, and the second one, you talked about um, objective. So let me ask you this question, and then we can come back to the first point. Is there objective news out there anymore? Um, I think there's certain stories, certain things, certain sources and stuff that can actually give objective news, uh-huh. um, especially when it's news actually not related to politics, I think you're more likely to find it. Okay, um, that's the point. I guess uh, politics or, or social things. Um, but I think for the most part, things have definitely become more um, polarized. Yeah, see, I've never understood the concept of objective news. Um, and, and it gets to a point you were making earlier, that if you're, if you're broadcasting, a, if you're a conservative station, say so. So this is conservative news. This is a news from a conservative perspective. Uh, I, think, I don't think, see anything wrong with that. I think the idea of objectivity is, is, it was just that. It was an idea. I mean, I think they taught that in journalism schools, you know, 50 years ago. And they said, our goal here is to be objective and, you know, give you like, like the who, where, why, what, and how. But I don't think anybody can be objective because everything you see, you see through your eyes. You don't see it through anybody else's eyes. Every event, you know, is, is, is uh, shrouded in your perspective and your history. So why don't we just be honest about it and say, you know, if you're a left-wing Marxist reporter, go ahead and report. The class struggle continued today as uh, the government, uh, you know, made tax cuts, okay, and, and uh, you know, gave the rich a big break. That's one perspective. That would be like the Marxist perspective. A conservative might say the economy improved today because, you know, conservatives got a – because of the, of the tax cut, which put more money in people's hands so they could actually, you know, uh, increase the economy and economic growth. Same story, right? Two different perspectives. But if you say who you are, then people can say, okay, well, that's the Marxist perspective. That's the conservative perspective. Here's the liberal perspective. Here's the Green Party, you know, shrouding everything in environmentalism. Uh, and I think that's okay as long as you say who you are. 
But don't say your mainstream news or your objective news when you're decidedly, you know, leftist. That's where I think the problem is. Brianna? Yeah. Okay. And I think, like, with that, if there was, like, if they if Sony took that topic and we're going to put it into an objective news, mm-hmm. I think it would be very easy to do that because you just say um, the economy, like, as of this year, has like this much compared to this year. And instead of adding like any reasoning or commentary and leaving that for the people to discern or having those different conservative or liberal out, uh, outlets um, put in their input as well on um, why this is, the objective one could just state what happened while everybody else talks about mm-hmm. the why. You know, we should, and, and there's nothing wrong with talking about the why if you're analyzing, you know, because, well, let me, let me add this to that, because if you're analyzing, now you're in the realm of commentary or analysis. So, yeah. so let's add this to our mix. So if you say, here are the facts, this is the objective part, here is my analysis, this is the subjective part, how would that go with you? Yes, I, I think that's very important to distinguish, like, commentary versus that in I think there's a, a huge blend now on all sides. Mm-hmm. There's a big blend on this. Hmm. Yeah, um, we should analyze a news story. And do you have, I don't know, do you have any news sources uh, on, your, on your computer or anything that you can just pull up a story, just a random story? Or you want to do that another time? Um, uh, maybe another time, I guess. No, that's fine. No, because I, I have like tons of stories here, but I want to have you basically analyze the story. Tell me what you think is objective. Tell me what you think is is biased, uh, and, and biased not in a bad sense, but just here's something that a liberal would say. This is liberal-oriented news, or this is conservative-oriented news. That's probably kind of interesting to analyze that. We should do that. So yeah, that sounds like your... a really fun thing to do. Maybe you can try mm-hmm. that next week. Okay. So let's put that on our list. Uh, I hope you're taking notes. It so actually, at least... like... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Through this, like, discussion, it made my brain spiral and stuff because, you know, um, there's, like, a <laughs> huge comparison between like, um, you know, the censorship and, and the steps to genocide, like, you always learn about the steps and gen- steps to genocide in school, or at least I did. And, you know, you think of, like, the Nazi Germany, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and people have even, like, came out and said, like, all the different things that are leading genocide that they've seen in America, and there's some things about which step we're at. And so, like, it, then it made me think, okay, well, then what's stopping this from happening? And so mm-hmm. I think that's the question, like, what exactly is pushing back from, like, an all-out civil war going on or something like that? I mean, what obviously we don't want a civil war. Let's, let's, let's tackle think, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. I think that would be a fun thing to do. My best guess is that the citizens are armed. Mm-hmm. So the government. Oh, I think this is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought this uh, because this is, there are people out there that are really scared there's going to be a civil war. All right. And I'll, I'll tell you my solution in a little bit, but I want to, I want to kind of explore this a bit. So let's, let's talk about what, a civil, what is a civil war. I mean, there's nothing that's, you know, you want to talk about oxymorons? <laughs> there's nothing more oxymoronic than a civil war. All right. There's nothing civil about yeah. it uh, except that it takes into account civilians. So what is a civil war? Let's go for that. Um, so I don't know a definition, but I will, but I kind of want to look that up. I'll look up that definition. You but, can look it up or you can just um, think about it. Well, what, what was our civil war about? Yeah. So a civil war is like in, like 
one country specifically, the war is inside the country, not outside mm-hmm. of the country. Right. And it's the people versus people on different sides of an issue of some sort. Was it people versus people or people versus government or government versus people or various people in government and various other people in government? I mean, it gets complex. There's nothing simple about a civil war. It's very complex. Yeah, I think it changes depending on the issue that's going on. Okay. So civil wars are usually fought over an issue? Would that be fair to say? Yes. Or several issues? Okay. As opposed to a territorial war. Yeah. Um, I think like it, a foreign war. Okay. Yeah, foreign war is more like um a war, I guess, instead of just mm-hmm. like a civil war. Um, mm-hmm. then again, the oxymoron kind of throws it off. So I'm gonna have to look up this exact definition. This is I'm really curious. <laughs> no, okay. no. This but, is why it's fun to play with this stuff. Yeah, I'm curious what you think. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then I mean, we can get, we can analyze the definition you know, too for bias. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be an interesting morning. I can tell. No, my computer still isn't um, working, like connecting to the internet. Still, so must have had too much turkey. Also, well, let's let's just let's brainstorm. We we got computers in our heads. Let's let's use them for a little bit here. Okay, so so a territorial war would be Nazi Germany taking over Europe. That would be a territorial war. Uh, that was not a civil war because it involved different nations, but it also was an ideological war because the the, the Germans, the, the not not the Germans, but the Nazis, you know, looked upon the Aryan race as superior and everybody else as inferior, especially the Jews, who they killed and tried to exterminate. So that's an ideological war leading to a Holocaust. That wasn't for territory. That was a different kind of war. Um, if that happened within a country, that would be a civil war. Um, but it didn't. It happened internationally. Uh, Japan, uh, World War II, what was their goal? Why did Japan go to war? Give you a little history. Um, wasn't thinking. it for resources? They were lacking uh-huh. resources and wanted to, yeah. Okay. So Japan, just to give people a quick history, sort of uh, save a little time here. Japan has a whole lot of people and not a whole lot of land. So they have to make the most of what they have. They don't have a huge amount of resources. And so where they were getting the resources was us. So what did Franklin Roosevelt do to really hasten uh, the advance of war from Japan. Do you remember? Um, no. I might, but no. That's okay. No, no. Don't worry about what you don't know. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things I don't know, a lot of things you don't know. I'm not asking you to quiz you. I'm asking you because uh, I'm just curious what you, what you do know. And as you said, whatever we don't know, we look up. I look up stuff all the time. So, so I'm not doing this like a classroom thing. This is more just because I'm exploring ideas with you. And the only way I can find out is to ask. The, the biggest reason was the oil embargo. So Franklin Delano Roosevelt, in his infinite wisdom, cut off the oil uh, to Japan. Well, you can't run a modern industrialized country without oil, as Europe is finding out now when they're trying to go to Russia for oil. Isn't it interesting? Do you see the parallels between World War II cutting off uh, the oil to Japan, causing them to go to war, and what's going on in Russia and Ukraine right now, and Western Europe, and Eastern Europe? Um, yeah, I think there is some... Some similarity, mm-hmm. um, but I don't like Japan. And then it went to war, right? Or mm-hmm. attacked other people, like yep. China and the United States. Well, they didn't um, take the United States first. They went to China one, first. They went China first, and then down, uh, down through uh, yeah. Indonesia, uh, the South Pacific. What was in the what South Pacific? That? Go ahead. 
what was that um like massacre call that they had in China? It has a name oh, to it. So in Nanking, there was the massacre of Nanking. Oh, yeah, uh, there was yeah. uh, there were there were several. I mean, Japan treated the Chinese brutally. Uh, we should talk about that sometime because Japan attacked China. Uh, China had a nationalist government under Chiang Kai-shek, and while Chiang Kai-shek was fighting the Japanese, Mao Zedong rose and fought Chiang Kai-shek for China. Our State Department supported Mao Zedong. I think our, our presidents, I think, were well allegedly were supporting Chiang Kai-shek. Chiang Kai-shek ends up on Taiwan had to leave because Mao Zedong, you know, took all, all, I think, our guns, you know, the Russian guns, everybody else, and and attacked uh, Chiang Kai-shek. So this is a fascinating story. So we won the war and then lost the war. We won the war against Japan uh, in China and then lost the war against the communists. So that would be a fascinating thing to talk about. Let's get back to Civil War, though. We we do get sidetracked. So the issue, Civil Wars usually fought over an issue, you know, and our our Civil War. So who, who... so who are the parties in our civil war? We, we'll do this quickly. because um, Unionists and Confederate. Okay. So the Confederate was what party? Party? Mm-hmm. See, this is, I asked you that question specifically because that's the part that's left out of the story. So what party was the Confederacy? You're going you're gonna to call I me here. I didn't even think they were like... I know. I now, I now, isn't know. that interesting? Okay, so part of part of the civil war is misinformation. Okay, is is where they say truth is the first casualty of war. The Confederacy were the Democrats. Oops. Fighting for slavery. See the pattern? Southern Democrats fighting for slavery. That's not, that's not all they were fighting for. I mean, there there are a lot of. Uh, I mean, the federal government under and who is the. Who was the, you know, Lincoln was president. What party was he from? Yeah, that like, um, you know, a lot, most of the slaveholders and mm-hmm. um, a lot of the Southerners were all Democrats. Um, but I never actually learned about, yeah. you know, the Confederacy mm-hmm. versus Union political mm-hmm. parties. Yeah, yeah, check that out sometime. It'd be interesting. So the Confederacy was made up of Democrats. The Union was the, the, uh, the, the federal government under Lincoln, the first Republican. So, and you see that pattern all the way through the Civil Rights Act. The Republicans voted for civil rights. The Democrats voted basically for slavery and segregation. That hasn't changed. Except what's changed in history, what's being reported. So I just find, once I read this, this wait a minute, the Confederacy, let's look it up right now. You know, the Confederacy were Democrats. Let's, let's, let's double check here because this is such a big revelation. Let's see what we come up with here. And then let's get on to where they're going to have one now. And we'll do the same conditions exist. And while you're finding that, I got the definition of civil war. So mm-hmm. there's two. First one is from Google Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Very reliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> A war between oh. citizens of the same country. Okay. And then this one, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay. And here's oh, one wait, for you. His, no, uh, that is an oh. essay. Oh, well, we, yeah, we get the first line of it. So here we go. This is 360 News, Las Vegas, History 101, all the Confederates were Democrats. <laughs> Facts. Southern Democrats led the charge to secede from the Union and form the Confederate States of America. Uh, Southern Democrats ruled the South until Bill Clinton was reelected. Uh, both Bill Clinton and Al Gore were Southern Democrats. Da, 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 da. So this is really interesting. So there's, there's one confirmation. Let me see if we can get you another one here. Because being good uh, reporters, we always like to have other sources. Uh, here we go. Uh, Patriots.net. This looks interesting. Or Patriots Network. 
Uh, National Democratic Readers. Okay. Uh, where was it say? No, that's that's more recent information. That's not a good one. I want a Civil War definition. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll have to look this up. But but I, you know, did Democrats support the Confederacy? Uh, yes, they did. <laughs> so I got a few confirming sources here. Yep. So the, so the Confederacy was Democrat. Okay. So now, so now, so we went to war over slavery. We also went to war over what else? Do you remember? Why would the states go to war? Why would the states form a Confederacy? What weren't they getting? Um, I know that there was a big deal on like the tariffs in um, was it North Carolina? Or yeah, I think so. I'm not sure Carolina? the exact states, but you're on the right track. So it was economic, right? Taxation, in, in, you know, industrial North, agrarian South, uh, the trade. I yeah, think I remember issues. the vice president. Was it Van Buren? I don't want to get this wrong. It might have been someone else. Yeah, you do better than me on that one. Van Buren. Okay. Um, was like the vice president at the time, and mm-hmm. he was siding. With I think it was North Carolina, but it could be South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, because they didn't believe that the tariffs were right, or um, so it was more than slavery, right? They so were they, trying to make everything like better for the North. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, that's okay. No, no, you're fine. But, uh, but the point, is, yeah, no, go ahead. I think you're right. Um, as I, as I remember, and I haven't looked into this as much as I should, but it was really northern favored. I think the north had the power, they had the money, they had the industry, they had the commerce, they had the trade with Europe, they had a lot of different things. The south had um, they had trade too, but it was agrarian as opposed to industrial. Industrial pays better. You know, finished goods yeah. bring more money in than America, raw materials. Uh huh. And America was like in the beginning an agrarian society. Um, that's how people like made their living is, is mm-hmm. different types of agriculture. I remember yeah. a lot of the small family tobacco. farms. Yeah, tobacco. That mm-hmm. was big in the south. Yeah, yeah. What a useless product <laughs> of all things to make me out cheese. But they didn't know that then. Yeah. So now here's the question. And I remember so the whenever south. the um, indentured servants, they mm-hmm. would get all of their land and they'd get the money and, and they'd get the freedom and everything after a couple of years of work and stuff. But they would, uh, after a while, they all started going more inland. And I remember mm-hmm. part of, like, the, their uprile and their anger was that the land wasn't as good for tobacco there as it was closer sense. to the coast. And that and was that's why they grow pineapples in Hawaii. You know, who's the reason? Biggest problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you grow pineapples in Hawaii, you grow, uh, you know, different, you are wheat in the, in the Midwest, and uh, different things grow different places. I haven't tried Florida wine yet, but I'm curious. But I got spoiled out in uh, San Francisco. I lived near Napa and Sonoma Valley. Oh, that was fun before the crowds moved in. So what I'm getting to with this is that this was a government civil war. This is a, a, a secession Confederate state versus a union. So we had, we, had, we had two different governments within our country at war because the southern states seceded. So that – and if we had a war today, would we have that same thing? Would we have a situation where – a separate government formed within the United States, be it a state coalition or, a, um, or, or say, say all the patriots and the freedom lovers and the independents and uh, you know, the, 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 the GOP that's actually worth something all got together and decided you know, we were going to form. already happened because oh, I mean, the Constitution okay. prepares for this. Like, you know, they don't want these, this corrupt, tyrannical government to take over. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest proponents of state, state sovereignty that they wanted this, federal government wouldn't have complete control over everybody and, you know, just be these power-hungry monsters that they've now become. 
And so I think they put that in there to help. And, or not to help, but, you know, mm-hmm. as a safeguard. And, so, good um, question. So, I know that the Convention of States right now is, because right. um, I know some people who are, like, involved with this. Mm-hmm. And um, Rick Green has even, uh, from Patriot Academy, has, um, I don't exactly know what he does for them, but I know he's talked to them for them. Well, let's ask him. Let's um, get him on the show. I was actually I went to the Patriot Academy website. I'm going to give him a call after the show uh, and see if I can get um, yeah. Rick on. You know, you don't mind if I mention your I name? I have an email, but I haven't yet gotten a response. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> I do that a lot, Geekkeeper. <laughs> I mean, there's so many minions out there. there minions run the world. You know, it's uh, the, the hardest part about doing action radio is getting to the people that I want to talk to. Uh, Amber and I have been trying uh, for months to get Grover Norquist because she wants to write a tax bill for electric cars. And there are minions. <laughs> and I've had Grover on the show. He knows about action radio. I just can't get a message to him right now because his, his minions have, uh, you know, are protecting him. From what I don't know, I'm just a you know, big level cuddly fuzzball. You know, I don't know what they're worried about with me. But, uh, you know, so, and it's just one example. Of, of there's many people I've tried to talk to. Fortunately, I now have friends in powerful places who shall remain nameless for now, but uh, we're getting help. So that's good. Back to Civil War. The reason I wanted to bring up the, the idea of the Civil War is um, that it wasn't just a slavery issue, but it was a government versus a government. It was a, a Confederate government versus a Union government. So in many ways, it was almost like two nations because, the, you know, that's, what, that's one of the characteristics of a nation is it has a, uh, a separate government governing itself. It has borders and it has a military and they tax. That's <laughs> basically what makes a country. Um, so we had almost two countries yeah, fighting within the territory of the United States, right? Go ahead. Yeah, and I think part of, part of mm-hmm. something in the Civil War that you kind of see today um, is like at that point – I think there was like five or six different issues that like over time, like over a couple of years or something that mm-hmm. the Confederates didn't like how the government was like infringing on. They, they didn't believe that the federal government had the power over them. Mm-hmm. And um, it all led up to this secession. And one of the biggest ones that everybody knows about, like one of the biggest is slavery. And they really, really highlight that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the war but, and that issue was it resolved. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it was at the end, like with the Emancipation Proclamation, and mm-hmm. the whole entire Civil War wasn't fought over slavery; it was fought over secession. But mm-hmm. one of the main reasons for secession was slavery, along with some others. Um, that's like a really big distinction. There, I think you're really right when you say it's a governmental war because you mm-hmm. have these people who believe the government was infringing too much. And that they didn't want the government to have like all this power over them to make all these extra decisions over their livelihoods, and they didn't like that, so they wanted to leave. And then this, um, I was going to say the federal government, but yeah, I think it would be the federal government. The, the union, you know, they didn't want them to leave. They wanted them uh, to stay a part of the union, and so they fought a civil war just to keep people in their government. See, that never made sense. Why would you fight product. so hard to – that's okay. No, we, don't be afraid to be wrong here. You know? But what is it – why would you fight a, a government to keep, to, to keep them in the union if they're, if they're so opposed to everything you're doing? See, this, this, see what I'm getting I'm – sort of, I don't think we've resolved all the issues. That's why I said we've resolved, we've resolved the issue of slavery. 
13th Amendment, 14th Amendment, it's done. It's over. Ain't going to happen again. No indentured servitude, no slavery in the United States. That question was resolved, but there weren't that many slave owners. It was a small percentage of, of Southerners were slave owners. So if, if just the slave owners went to war to maintain slavery, <laughs> you, you wouldn't have a whole lot of people fighting. And it'd be over really fast. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, okay, I had to fight the war. So there's so much else going on. And the question was the, the, the powers of the states versus the power of the federal government. So here's my big question. Have we resolved or made worse the issues from the Civil War of the powers of the states versus the powers of the federal government? Um, the powers of the federal government have increased drastically. And I think it's more than just the Civil War. But, yeah, I do think that it played a factor into it. Um, first, I don't believe it should have happened in the first place, obviously, like like anybody. It's a horrible mm-hmm. event. Agreed. But um, with it, yeah, I do think it led to more federal government infringement on the states and more power over the states. But I think that's also something that you see continually throughout history happening in, in many different areas. Um, so I don't think it's like one sole event, but it definitely did play a huge factor in it. Hmm. So then what might the conditions be uh, now? So we wouldn't repeat it the same way because there's no confederacy forming. States aren't banding together in the same way, but people are. And you get enough people, it's almost like a state. So, so now the question is, if we haven't resolved all the issues of the Civil War, and I don't believe we have, uh, if the federal government has gotten ever more powerful, as you say, then we even have fewer rights, fewer powers as individuals, and the states have fewer powers, even though the Constitution clearly says if it's not delegated to the government specifically, we talk about this all the time on the show, if it's not delegated to the government specifically, then it's reserved to the states and the people, and that's the Tenth Amendment. It's one of the most important amendments of the Constitution, one of the least read, least understood, because people think that the the federal government is supreme to the states. This may be the issue if there's a a civil war. Now, there's hot wars and cold wars. Let's talk about that in just a minute. But if there's a a civil war between who's it going to be, who would it be between? Obviously, the federal government and who? To resolve the question Freedom of, of citizens. Okay, so so this would be an actual civil war of people versus government, which would be a change of our first. Uh, I don't want to say first civil war. God, I don't want another one. Um, of, of this, of, let's call it the civil war. Sorry, um, that if we have if something happens again, it would not be government versus government. It would be people versus government. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we fight wars with arms. What's the federal government doing in terms of civilian armament? <laughs> How's that for a rhetorical question? Yeah, they're, they're trying to ban them completely. Right. Oh, right. No. Of course no. it is because I answered it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're learning how to work with each other. This is really cool. I mean, we're, we're playing off each other really well. I'm, I'm having fun. I really enjoy having you on the show. Okay, so let's, let's – uh, so if the government – the government is, is banning, restricting, trying to confiscate. As far as they're concerned, they would disarm all the civilians. What is the government doing at the same time as they're trying to take guns from us? Um, we're, arming the 87,000 IRS agents. Mm-hmm. How about that? What, did, but they, I didn't they can, say I, that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so let's explore. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about this. Now, how, how many... How many and I'll tell you, if you want to do a, a fascinating project, read The Militarization of America um, by uh, an organization called Open the Books uh, with somebody's name I can't pronounce, Andrew Andrzejewski. It's Polish, and I don't do it very well. 
Um, but he he's a fascinating person. In fact, he was the, the that report is the basis for my government disarmament bill. So uh, have you had a chance to take a look at that one? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, well, I'll send Probably it to you. not. No, well, it's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I ask, like I said, I, ask, I, I do a lot of stuff. I'm familiar because I, I actually wrote this one. Disarming the federal government of their unconstitutional armaments. Introduction. The United States federal government has actually reversed the Second Amendment. Rather than honoring their oath to support and defend the Constitution as written, they have decided that where the Second Amendment says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, which is a prohibition on government touching in any way the owning and carrying of firearms by citizens, the federal government has reversed it so that all the prohibitions and restrictions are on the citizens owning and carrying arms, and the federal government has given themselves the right to keep and bear all the guns and ammo they want for all the agencies that they want and for all the people in those agencies that they want. This reversal of the Second Amendment by government has to be reversed again to bring the federal government back into compliance with the Constitution. The way this works is to dis- disarm the agencies and departments not authorized by the Constitution and return those arms to the people. Think you want to read the rest of that, Bill? Definitely. Yeah. Let's do that. Well, we can talk a little bit more, more about now. I want to talk this more generally. I want to give you a chance to, uh, to take a look at it. But the point is that the federal government has 287,000 armed bureaucrats. They have hundreds of thousands of guns, probably half a million or more guns, in the federal departments. They have billions of rounds of ammunition. And we've, I think I've asked you this question before. Bureaucrats don't fight foreign wars. <laughs> okay? So the only reason for the bureaucrats to be that well-armed is to fight who? This is your softball the question. System. Exactly. So now let's go back to the original question. Could we have a civil war over this? If the citizens are being disarmed and the federal government is arming themselves beyond all reason and it's being done illegally because there's no constitutional basis for anybody in the federal government to be armed. The military, but that's a different department. So if you include the military, which has to be armed, that's their job. But if you take the military, if you take non-military government personnel, can anybody in the federal government constitutionally be armed? Um. Constitutionally, be armed if they're in the federal government. I mm-hmm. mean, I think they have a right to carry a gun, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's something that should be, you know, taxpayer funded. That you know, it's a requirement that they um, have to be given by the people to be armed to use against the people. I don't think that's right. Okay. Well, no, <laughs> I agree with you. But as citizens, they can carry guns because American citizens have a Second Amendment, even government employees. Now, when they're acting as government employees, that's different. When they're acting as government employees, a lot of times they get privileges that regular people don't have. Is that right? And what? Uh, well, obviously not. No. So, so what do we do about the fact that government employees have privileges that American citizens don't have? Can can like take Chicago, gun-free zone? Well, who's carrying guns in Chicago? Even though it's a gun-free zone. The criminals. Criminals, okay, so they're, they're outside the law, so it doesn't, they don't care. Good point. I hadn't thought of that. Good, good point. Who else is carrying guns in Chicago, even though it's gun-free for citizens? Um, the government. The, exactly. Um, okay. Security oh, okay, that teams. is what you're wanting. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, sometimes I lead the answers, and sometimes you totally surprise me. So I try to ask questions as open-ended as possible, but again, my bias that we talked about in the beginning, 
You know, it's, it's really tough to ask completely open-ended questions. Try it sometime, you know, especially when we both agree on so much. It's hard to do, you know, because it, it's, it's part of it. Yeah. It's a, yeah. You know, anyway, so we got the government armed, we got the criminals armed. So the only people who aren't armed are the citizens because they're the only ones complying with the law. So the, the federal government, I'll give, give you a quick example on that bill. There's three federal crimes in the Constitution, treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. Treason uh, is only during wartime giving aid and comfort to the enemy. So you have to have a declared war for treason to even be a crime, technically. Although we call people traitors when they, they uh, you know, sell the country out, like you know, most of the Democrats and you know, about half the Republicans right now. Um, but in terms of, technicality, of technically what treason is, it's giving aid and comfort to the enemy during declared war. And so who, how, many, how many traitors would we have during declared war? Probably not many. So who can be armed? U.S. Marshal Service. Okay. Uh, I, would, I would arm them to make arrests. I think that's probably the, the best use of the U.S. Marshals. Um, the other crime that would be handled by the federal government is counterfeiting. Do you know who handles counterfeiting? Um, Treasury? Yeah, exactly. And, and specifically the Secret Service, which is under Treasury. Secret Service also handles protection of the president, diplomats, things like that. So as far as I'm concerned, the U.S. Marshals, for specific constitutional duties, arresting traitors, uh, and, and, and uh, prosecuting federal crimes that are listed in the Constitution, not all the ones that you do now, but, uh, you know, so you probably only need like 10 U.S. Marshals or something like that. So we've got the U.S. Marshals, we've got the Secret, Ser- we got the Secret Service. Uh, the last one is piracy. You know, piracy on the high seas is defined in the Constitution. Well, who would handle piracy in the federal government? And let, let's talk military, too. Who would handle piracy? Um, yeah, I would say the military, mm-hmm. because the seas are usually connecting different countries. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who keeps our seas safe? The military? Yeah, exactly. But which part? I'm sort of leading you to a question here. The Navy. The Navy keeps the seas oh, safe. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> And, and the Coast Guard. Like okay. So, that's okay. Don't worry about it. No, this is, uh, you know, like I said, my, my whole point is asking you questions you haven't thought of. So if the Navy and the Coast Guard keep the, the, the sea safe for, from piracy, from pirates, the Air Force keeps the air safe from air pirates, and, and I guess federal marshals that are flying on airliners, uh, domestically, piracy you know, of trains and trucks can be handled by police, National Guard, things like that. We still don't need any bureaucrats, do we, for any of our federal crimes, except counterfeiting and treason when we're in a declared war. So, neither, so none of the agencies, the FBI, the, well, the CIA hopefully operates internationally, uh, DEA, uh, all the SWAT teams that are in like the weather department, you know, all these, like the Mint Police, you know, like 50 federal agencies. So there's 287,000 armed agents. Do you know how many armed Marines there are, active duty Marines? I think you've told me before, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. 185,000. It's from that report. Uh, the, uh, the militarization of America by open the books. So if we've got 185,000 armed Marines to defend us, you know, and 287,000 armed bureaucrats to attack us, we've got a problem. Okay. So we have a, a radically overarmed federal government. So now what, how, how does that figure in terms of a civil war? Very dangerously. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, what do you think, what are the concerns now about a civil war within this country, and what do you think might bring one about? And we've already established it would be, it would be against the, the people against basically the federal government. 
would the state governments take up arms against the federal government for their people? Um, I think I think there's you have to look at inside the state governments. I think there's some of the um, representatives in the state government that'd be willing to do that, but I think some might like stay in some sort of um, diplomatic capacity of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like you know how they held like the um, uh, I don't know if conferences is, is the right word where some of the founding fathers would go to like uh, Pennsylvania or I think it was somewhere else at first. But I, yeah, I think it was Pennsylvania. And while they were, like, fighting a war, um, they would go in there and start picking um, up the Articles of Confederation. Mm-hmm. And so I think it might be some kind of like that, where um, certain people stay for that. But I think also some individuals would, would go and take up arms. But I, I think it really depends on the state. And I think what's really going to push it over the edge, which I hope doesn't happen, is um, I hope we can push it off now, you know, and, and start fixing things now. But I think if it were to happen, it would be at the point where the people um, think they have had enough and are willing. Yeah, that's to happening. Stay. That's happening in China right now. Have you been following the events in China? Um, not closely, but faintly, yeah. Yeah. So here we have a communist country. I know a lot of people totally are oppressive. worried. Yeah. Uh huh. A lot of people are worried, like, because there's a lot of footage starting to come out, and a lot of people have been, like, saying they're not sure if this is, like, Chinese propaganda or if people are really just, you know, getting tired of it and risking it and sending out actual footage and things like that are are being said about people wondering if it's true or not or um, what actually is going on. Is this full story and things like that? Yeah, go to uh, Hong Kong Free Press. Uh, that's a great source of Chinese news. Uh, I used to follow them pretty closely when China was cracking down on, on Hong Kong and trying to absorb it into China. And there was a really strong uh, pro-democracy movement within Hong Kong. Uh, in fact, those are the days I was trying to urge the Trump administration um, back 2018, 2019, uh, before the coup, <laughs> he said calmly, um, to to make like a, a Reagan-esque kind of speech. Uh, you ever seen a video footage of when Reagan's at the Brandenburg Gate, which was the gate to Berlin, the big gate in World War II? And it led to the German parliament. And Reagan got up and, and said, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, you know, uh, tear down, what do you say, open this gate. And it was the gate between the East and the West, uh, between communist East Germany and, and uh, free West Germany. And then he said, he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Do you remember that? Have you seen clips of that? I heard audio clips of that, um, but only short ones. But I've never actually seen the video. But Watch a video. Oh, I want yeah. to. It's pretty impressive. I actually crossed the Berlin Wall in 1982 uh, before it came down. So I haven't been back to, to Berlin since. I want to go back and see it now because uh, I remember crossing that Berlin Wall. It's about 200 yards. In those days, it was big. And you went through Checkpoint Charlie and you got searched, you know, and you got a special East German visa for a day. And I got to wander around for an entire day in communism, real communism. It was quite interesting. And I, uh, I was never so glad to be uh, free uh, of that. I, only, I, only was there, I was there one day and I had enough. Uh, and so that's kind of changed my, my, my views from my rather, rather liberal university and my, my socialist friends. Oh, yeah, communism's great. You know, Marx is great. You know, power to the people, baby. I said, well, let me tell you what it really looks like. <laughs> it was quite an eye-opening experience. Nothing, anyway, go ahead. Nothing will convince, 
Nothing will convict you more than the truth. Mm, exactly. Oh, and I was definitely uh, – uh, I was a firm believer from then on. It was fascinating. Anyway, so let's get back to um, the whole idea of, of, a, of a civil war here. So if it's going to be fought over an issue, the power of the states versus the federal government, that would, that's a viable issue uh, if it gets bad enough. And the question is, would states, if the federal government – declares war on the United States with 287,000 armed agents. That's an army. Ever hear about uh, divisions of an army when, when say that they're sending in, you know, 10 divisions? Do you know how many, how many soldiers in a division? Um, I, I like kind of know about divisions, but I have no idea. Okay. It's about 20, roughly 20,000, maybe 25,000. I mean, they vary, but let's just say 20,000. So if you have 200,000, armed bureaucrats, you've got 10 divisions of infantry. And if I remember correctly, we only had 20 divisions in Western Europe um, during World War II. We had another, probably, I don't know how many we had in, in the Pacific War, but if we had 20 divisions, so we had some 200,000 armed soldiers, just you know, armed soldiers in World War II, fighting Nazi Germany. And the, the bureaucrats have the same amount, <laughs> or have half of that, half of our World War II force, a city armed bureaucrats in Washington? That's, a, that's an insane that's thought. That's not a terrifying thought at all. Of course, exactly. Oh, go have breakfast. Take it easy. Relax. Yeah, you know, the sun's shining. It's a nice day. It's a lovely day in America. So, so they're already armed. They're trying to disarm us. Now, I've got a solution to this. So, so before the end of the hour, I will, I, I've sort of, I'm, there's, there's a way out that I think uh, um, that would be very interesting. I'm curious your thoughts. So now, so what, what's, we've got one issue. Uh, of the state powers. State powers are being totally destroyed by the federal government. Okay, this we know. It's all illegal. It's all unconstitutional. Um, rhetorical question time. Do we have a legal federal government at this time? No. Okay, you be brave. You're on action radio. You can say it. It's okay. It's just us and, you know, some 50 other countries <laughs> listening at various times. Um, no, we don't. Uh, and I agree with you. We do not have a legal federal government. Now, have populations gone to war with their government if they thought that government or knew that government was illegal? Um, you know, now, mm -hmm. I'm not so sure. Because okay. now a lot of people are um, accepting illegal things and, and think everything bad is good. So, I think it really just depends on the individuals, um, but I think for the majority, just facing like an illegal government probably won't be enough to convince them. Mm -hmm. I think it'll take some big push that truly affects them for them to truly want to um, fight back. Okay. Well, let's build just some more scenarios facing here. Facing how human nature has changed over time. How's it changed But I could time? be wrong. No, it's okay. Be wrong. I don't care. Be bold. I'd rather have you be bold than be wrong than uh, be timid and, and, you know, maybe be right. It's much more fun to be bold. Uh, and that's the thing about the show. So yeah, we talked about I earlier, mean, we talked about, go ahead. In history, you hear a lot about Americans, you know, they're, most of them are willing to put their life on the line to save freedom and have a home for their family and to have mm -hmm. a good, strong country. Mm -hmm. And that's normally been a symbol of, of American is, you know, you want your country to be the best that it can be. Mm -hmm. But now it's like they want it to be the worst. 
funny thing about that. So let's build our issues. So the first one, we had uh, state powers are being, uh, being co-opted by the federal government. The second one was they're armed to the teeth. The federal government is armed way beyond most armies of the world. We've got election fraud. We've got the fact that, that we've got a coup. Let's put coup and election fraud into the same category here. So we've got, as far as I'm concerned, as you're concerned, uh, an illegitimate government. We do not have a legal federal government. All right. Now, because they're not a legal federal government, they feel free to do anything they want because people have already accepted. Anytime someone says the Biden administration or they say President Biden, you'll never hear me say those things. The reason is I have never accepted that as a legitimate government. And so I cannot acknowledge that by saying President Biden or Biden administration, except to point out that I won't say it because I don't consider it a legitimate government. So I'm resisting. You know, there are many ways to resist. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to put resistance down as another, as another category here. So resistance. So what is this illegal federal government that got to power by vote fraud doing? And are they doing things that are constitutional or unconstitutional? I think in certain areas they have to stay within the bounds of the Constitution. Okay. Um, but I got think that would be a given for any kind of government office. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just... But I think a lot of it is they are stepping out of their bounds and um, trying to get more power illegally. So, okay, so they've already stepped out of their bounds. So they're an illegitimate government. They're exercising powers that they do not have. Uh, how about uh, Department of Justice locking up political prisoners, you know, January 6ers, um, persecuting parents for school board meetings, raiding Trump's home, things like that. The Department yeah. of Justice does that. I'm going to have to go here in a couple of minutes. Um, so okay. maybe we can have this like discussion of like the powers and stuff another week. Cause I think that'd be a really good discussion. Okay. Too bad you have to leave early. Um, I was hoping to stick around. Go, yeah. Go ahead. You know, um, I have a little quiz game. So okay. I found a book. It is uh-huh. called America, the quiz. Mm. And it's like a little trivia with a bunch of questions. Um, Feel free. So I want to see. Okay. Um, let's see how many me. numbers there are. Okay. Yeah. I'll pick this up next week. Okay. Yeah. It looks like there are um, 100 questions. So I'm going to let you pick the number of questions you want. What number? Uh, 32. Actually, let's do all this okay. next week. Let's do the whole quiz. <laughs> this will be fun. The entire one? Get, well, give me just give me question 32. 100. Just, I just, yeah. Well, we'll see how far we get. Maybe we'll, we'll do it until we get bored. Maybe do like half an hour's worth. Because chances are each question is going to lead to like a 10-minute discussion if they know us. We'll do this one. The 32. Ready? Mm -hmm. Name one branch or part of the government. That's the whole question? Yeah. Oh, executive, judicial, and legislative? I'll I'll give you three. (laughs) Yeah. That was that a was really a, easy question. Okay, wonder, so why don't you give me, give me I, a real I question? A lot of these really easy. Give me a real question. Okay. Um, what is question. one responsibility? I have question 49. Okay. What is one responsibility that is only for United States citizens? One responsibility? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to probably say, it's knowing how, uh, it sounds like a, um, I'm going to say voting and serving on a jury. 
my gosh, yes. Let's serve on a jury and vote in a federal election. Okay. I would have only gone with vote. I would not have said the serve on a jury one. But yeah. Well, the only reason I know that is because as a, uh, as a legal immigrant, when I had my green card, I was not able to serve on a jury. I don't think I was able to serve oh. on a jury. I guess you can serve on a jury at 18. I got my citizenship when I was 21. I think it was the age back then when you did that. Um, yeah. So uh, now why would it, here's a great question. Why is it critical for only citizens to serve on a jury? Um, probably because in theory, somebody who's not a citizen of the United States wouldn't actually know like the laws and distributions of, of mm-hmm. the United States government. Um, but now I don't even think you can say that for most of the citizens. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I'll give you a quick, I know we got, we're short on time here, so I'll say that citizenship is critical because juries, although they don't know it because they've been not told, I have a bill on this too, uh, citizens can rule on the law. Citizens also are required, citizenship is required to vote. So the citizens vote on the law, vote on the representation. So you cannot have people that are outside, we the people of the United States of America, serving on juries. Because you have to have a jury of your peers, which means citizens, but you also have to have, to have people that have the power of citizenship to nullify the laws if the laws themselves are unjust. You can't have foreign nationals serving on our juries, you know, messing with our laws. That's why you don't let five million illegal aliens into your country and register them to vote, he said at the last minute. So <laughs> let, me <give> you, <laughs> let me give you one thing to think about um, before we go. You can react to that, too. The reason, one of the main reasons I started Action Radio in the, in the, they say that uh, governments you know, and people are run by, uh, by ballots or by bullets. In other words, honest elections or civil war. And the whole point of Action Radio is to provide a third alternative, bills. Bills. We write the laws. We change the laws. We write the laws that we consent to be governed by. This is a revolution. Okay? It's a revolutionary idea that we the people peacefully, calmly, openly, I mean everything we do is transparent here, write laws and one of the biggest reasons that I want to change the laws is to avoid the very civil war we've talked about the last hour. I think that's a really important thing for people to see and do. And I think to get in front of it before mm-hmm. that comes into play is important because nobody in their right mind would want a civil war to happen because no matter what, Americans are going to die on both sides. Mm-hmm. No, there's no winners. There'd be no winners in that war. And I don't want to fight it. I don't, I don't want to lose a single life when we can talk. Why would we shoot when we can talk? Why would we take up arms when we can take up computers and send bills back and forth and reach a solution? So the reason I like having you involved with this, first of all, I'm hoping to get you know, Patriot Academy graduates to be lobbyists for our bills. And I want to spread the word with this. So the more you can share this you know, and get, the, get what we do here viral, the better off, I think, for all of us, because you guys are going to have a lifetime of, of citizen legislation, of things that you can do, of creating a better country through determining the laws that you want, not just the elected officials that you want, but the actual laws by sending those laws that you want to the elected officials. So there's, I think our work here is hugely yeah. important. I joke around a lot. I say, you know, I say a lot of crazy things, but in ultimate, ultimately what I'm doing is deadly serious so that it doesn't become deadly. That's what's really behind what we that- do. Mm-hmm. That with um, Patriot Academy, like, if we were to create this um, kind of lobbyist group of alumni and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and just different kinds of Patriot Academy people, Mm -hmm. that one of the big things is you have to be in contact with, you know, representatives and stuff in order for them to, you know, um, uh, 
take it on and want to um, pass this legislation to help America and stuff. And so I think mm-hmm. one of the um, uh, extra effects of this is that they develop a relationship with all their representatives and their senators um, to create an even closer connection to the people. Um, and, the, and the thing about Patriot Academy is it's spread out across the United States. So if you have, um, like, a handful of students in each state, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't actually know the numbers, but if you have a handful and they're all getting involved and they're all, like, representatives and wanting to get these bills passed and everything, that it allows for um, a more widespread connection with all of um, our representatives to do the will of the people more closely and actually get these things passed more along with that, as well as I think it will probably give like a long-standing relationship in the future for, you know, um, incoming representatives and incoming Patriot Academy students. And I think it's kind of like a building thing. This is exactly what it is. Oh, and I want to tell you, in Turning Point USA, too, I want to get the college students in as well. And I'm hoping a lot of people that are lobbying citizen legislation will run for office themselves one day and carry on that tradition of accepting citizen yeah. legislation. So we could be changing a whole lot of future right here with the things we're talking about. Sounds good. Good chat today. Something that I've noticed, um, mm-hmm. I've got like one more minute. Something okay, that I've noticed with like um, patriotic and America-loving people who want the best for America and want to change things for the better is mm-hmm. that they all are connected somehow. Like you see like overpasses between them and they all have connections somehow. And I think mm-hmm. that's something a really good a really good base to have to make changes is you know all these like minded freedom lovers all connecting to each other to try and make a change. And one of the biggest pushes so far is you know trying to educate people, let people know, tell people and stuff. And so to have them all connected into actually you know doing something is really really good. But I'm gonna have to go now. Yeah, no, that's okay, but that's the key. Today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was great to have you on. The, the whole idea of doing something is also what we're about here because everybody says, oh, I'm only one person. What can I do? Well, you're one person and I'm one person. Look what we've accomplished. So, you know. Thank you, Brianna. Talk to you next week. Say hi to Josie for me. I will. She's usually on by now. I'm going to go check and see what's going on with her. I'm going to play a couple of uh, our, our spots here. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think the, things, the potential here is amazing. So let's talk off the air, see if we can get Rick Green on the show and see what we can do with Patriot Academy. All right. Bye. Bye now. You take care. One of my favorite people for obvious reasons, because she's brilliant. All right. I'm going to play some stuff here. Be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery? 
alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Yeah, so we we're talking Civil War in the Good first morning. hour. Do you have, do you have another morning, light yeah. topic for us? <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Dobre Buenos ultra, dias, ka. Dobre ultra. Train. Yeah. G'day. How's it going? Caray, chico, caray. <laughs> I, I love an Australian accent through us, uh, through Spanish one. That's you know, you, uh-huh. you know, I looked at the, at, I look at my phone, and a few minutes later, I was like, oh my gosh, it's eight oh three. Well, that's okay. I wanted to say hello to Brianna. She, she was, she was doing a good job. I was listening to her since She's uh, seven thirty, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. for, for we're talking high school. You know, I mean, not not a person yeah. with a you know with a few decades of life experience to draw on, but she's really smart. I love having her on the show. I love her perspective, and especially if we can start to work with uh, some of the Patriot Academy graduates and have we were talking about lobbyists, you know, all over mm-hmm. the country for the the state legislatures and yeah. for Congress, um, especially young folks that can carry this forward, get better at it, maybe run for office them, themselves. The potential of this is huge. Oh yeah. So we we got some amazing yeah. things going on. Yeah, so we have your to, turn. We have to train them now because uh-huh. uh, it's going to be for their future, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, you were and, saying and a few minutes ago. Yep, mm-hmm. and one of them is going to have to run Action Radio. <laughs> Someone's going to have to take this over for me one day. So, uh, so we'll get one of these young kids uh, to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, see if they want to come back and say, yeah, I'm on Action Radio, Greg. Yeah, you're old. Okay, fine. I'll go live on a cruise yeah. ship and, you know party heavily and I've been talking to some of my friends uh, uh, from Brazil and oh my mm-hmm. god they're like what's going on their stomach is in pain just because of their country there's a lot of people in Brazil getting ready with weapons they're ready oh. to fight well the military uh, nationwide uh, protests in Brazil right now right. but the people are standing together and strong because they they don't want 
Brazil to become like Venezuela, Cuba. That's I keep hearing that over and over from a lot of people. That we're not going to allow Venezuela, our country, to become like Venezuela or Cuba. We're not, and um, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, did you see the well, videos I, about China too? Yeah, I want to talk about China in a minute. I want to stick with Brazil because Brazil's fascinating for a couple of reasons. One, because yeah. the Brazilians are protesting, and two, because the Americans, us, are not protesting. We just had oh, election no. stolen again. We had, our, we had our second major, well, I think, I think the first major election stolen was uh, 2018 when the Congress was stolen from the Republicans, and they let it happen. Yeah, 2018. Eight, mm-hmm. eight elections overturned, eight, uh, eight congressional seats overturned in recount by Democrats against Republicans. Gee, what a surprise. Okay. So the House was stolen. Once the yeah. House was stolen, that opened the way for all those impeachments. 2020, we yeah. know the 2020 election was stolen. Uh, in fact, we talked about this yep. with Brianna. We have an illegitimate government, and we talked about that that is a potential cause of a civil war because it has been we another country. We have a country. fraud. Yeah, we just had the midterms mm-hmm. stolen. You know, Maricopa County, uh, that's, they're, still, they're in the process of stealing and recounting and making sure the votes come out mm-hmm. for Katie Hobbs, who's the, also Secretary of State running the election. So, uh, you know, she, <laughs> it'd, be like have, it'd be like having the, the head of the mafia as your mayor. <laughs> you know, she needs to be arrested. She needs to be arrested because she's, yeah, she needs yeah. to be arrested. But Brazil, but my opinion tradition? on all yeah, this, uh-huh. and we are told that it's okay. Let them steal the election because now it's on the records of what they have done, but everything is going to come to an end soon. So we're just waiting for that. Yes, uh, and, they, I, and, I, and they, as, as those of the listeners of the show know, I disagree with that. I think we knew in 2018. I think we should have uh, arrested them then. Uh, so I don't think this is no, for 2020 no. and 2022. But they want okay. to arrest them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and know a what, lot though, of the money, like the, uh, yeah, right, like the video that you sent me, mm-hmm. a lot of the money came back to America to pay off a lot of people oh, to yeah. cheat in this midterm election. And that's what's Ooh. happening with the Ukraine. Yep. And the Ukrainian people are not getting all this money that we're sending over. Of course not. Right now, I've been getting... Uh, uh, messenger uh, messages uh, from Ukraine uh, last night, late last night. They don't have electricity at all mm-hmm. in yep. different areas in the Ukraine. The government is cutting it off on purpose so they can freeze to death. And then, and a lot of the Ukrainian military, the innocent ones, not the ones that they're corrupt, uh, they're really suffering. Uh, they're not giving them uh, new uniforms, and if they get wet in the snow, that's too bad. Some of the soldiers, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis, I'm talking about Ukrainian, like one of the young girls that I'm communicating every day, mm-hmm. her young husband, he's a military. Well, they came and grabbed him, like it or not, and he's like freezing to death, this young man, because he gets wet in the snow and all this, and they're not giving him new clothes. They said, that's too bad. And they're up there in the open, uh, cold weather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, but, soldiers have cold, uh, you know, far more than, I mean, the, the, the Nazis were stopped in World War II uh, by the Russian winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, the army yeah. too, but I mean, the Russian winter is what really mm-hmm. killed, you know, thousands upon well, thousands agenda, of, of, you know, German soldiers, yeah. The, the agenda of Obama, the United Nations, the Bidens, the Clinton, is to murder so many people in Europe and all those other countries. They are going to die from cold because it's all 
being orchestrated well done by them, not by Russia. It's by them, and they're pointing the finger at Russia. But Russia has all this evidence that he's going to present, and he's already, I heard that he's already having tribunals at Russia. I, I don't know about it, but Who that's is? what I heard. Putin? Uh, Putin. Putin, yeah. Tribunals yeah. for what? Yeah, he's. Uh, some of the criminals already. And you know, like the video that you sent me, they're showing all these soldiers being executed and all that. Yep. I have videos that I don't share with people because they're horrible. Uh, the neo-Nazis in the Ukraine are grabbing Russian young military and they're crucifying them on the cross like Jesus. They mm-hmm. torture them and then they put them on the, on the cross, nail them raw nails into their hands and feet. They hang them, and then they let them on fire and walk away. Let me tell you, how can you do that to a human being? I don't care how bad you hate these people, but these neo-Nazis are, I I don't know what to say. And a lot of them are the ones that came to January the 6th dressed up like Trump supporters. We're finding out more and more stuff. Uh, okay, wait a minute. So, so, all right, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna claim that that uh, Ukrainian neo Nazis, the Azov Brigade, uh, the people that mm-hmm. are torturing and killing uh, Russian soldiers, and I heard that Russian yeah. soldiers who surrendered, they were killing, but were also there at January sixth. Yeah. You gotta you, you can't say that without some really good evidence, some really good connections, because that's a huge they accusation. They are going to show the evidence. I don't have uh, for you to see the evidence like that, but that's okay. something well, going to expose the whole just, thing. Yeah. Then we just have to declare that we're speculating here. This is what we think, but if you if you if you can't be sure, I just want to have everybody understand that we're not stating this, you know, as a fact. Unless you are, if you're convinced, and you can say so, you know. But I just want to make sure that. To, but I'm not convinced yet that je, that Ukrainian well, I'm uh, Nazis were I, here. I know. Yeah. Now here's yeah. the thing, though. Here's a yeah, question. Yeah, they were here in, in D.C. They were they were brought in by. Um, and then they were. Why would the you White need House to do that? Why, why would they need to bring in? Yeah. Why would they need to bring in Ukrainian Nazis when you've got so many FBI Nazis? <laughs> you know, we've got our own Nazis well, yeah. right here. I mean, why why would you need to bring Ukrainian Nazis here? You know, that, I mean, you've got you've got because be, you know, and you look at the yeah. They hate their own country. It's it's very sad what's okay. happening to the United States because yeah. these people that were paying their salary to work for us hate mm-hmm. this country with a passion. Like mm-hmm. that man that called on the phone. He's not a true American. He's a hater to America. I could hear the whole about, thing uh, he's doing. Who were talking about? Warren from last week? Or Warren when he yeah, called Yeah, he goes to, to the – because a lot of people are brainwashed by communists, mm-hmm. and I can tell that he's one of them. Yeah, he's not who he said he is, really. I don't know much well, about him, and I don't care. <laughs> he's the host on the know. show here. Well, I sent him our bills. I haven't heard back since. So uh, Nah, he's not going to do crap. He only calls once in a while, and if you notice, he changes his number, like changing underwear. Uh, that's oh, I, th- I think he might be me. talking about Pastor Don. I'm not sure about that. We'll see. Anyway. Uh, about what? Well, it's Pastor Don, who's a different yeah. person. He changes the number. Well, I don't know if Warren changes it. Warren might have changed his number, too. That's right. Warren the changed his number The guy that was on the well. phone arguing with me last week, that he went to Nicaragua, to the Sandinistas and all that. Yeah, that was Warren. Yeah, you're Warren not from, a friend uh, of America. New Orleans, you're Wake involved up. with them. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? He was from New Orleans. That his Wake name was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't send the bill. Yeah, I'll have he, to uh, I'll have to take a look and see if I did he's that. Yeah. 
No, to well, me, I can hear it in yeah. his voice. I can hear it in his voice. Uh, I know exactly what's going on. I was like, hmm, this is kind of weird. But yeah. uh-huh. uh, the whole world is it's being taken over by communists. Like people like Warren, they believe that America is not doing well, that China is doing better, and the Sandinistas are doing good. No, they're not. The Sandinista mm. people have tortured and killed and put in prison a lot of a lot of people that were running against Daniel Ortega, the criminal. They 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 cannot do anything from prison and jail, and many have disappeared. Yeah, yeah, from my own country, they vanish, and they're doing the same thing in Cuba. Now they're tracking everything that we're talking about. WhatsApp, email. They send us a notice. Uh, the government of Cuba saying from now on, which was three weeks ago. They say everything is going to be recorded and we're going to be listening. And so we have to be careful for what we say back and forth in Cuba right now. And it's bad. Cuba, it's bad. They're having a hard time finding food, gas. It's a mess right now in Cuba. And in the Ukraine, um, this young girl with two small kids, uh, they don't have electricity right now for their food, for cooking. Yes, they do have gas. Uh, but they still need electricity, too. And they're trying to find a generator, and it's impossible to find a generator in different areas in the Ukraine, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like finding a dryer. It's like pulling teeth to find a dryer to dry your clothes during winter. Yeah, that's why a lot of a lot of people in the Ukraine, they kind of, like, use the same jeans for 10, 15 days over and over and over and over, and they don't change because... They cannot be washing uh, during winter, and the stuff doesn't get dry. And the heater in their house, it's like a bunch of tubes where the gas goes around, and you put your socks on top of those tubes, you know, where Mm -hmm. it gets hot, you know. And that's how I was drying some of my underwears and socks, you know. And uh, they said, no, you cannot wash it. (laughs) Yeah, we've all done that. Huh? We've all dried clothes on radiators yeah. and things like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Well, I, yeah, I was in New England. Yeah. You know, it's cold. Yeah, cold climates. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason I moved away from cold climates. I never, I never want to be, especially as I get older. I never wanted to be uh, uh-huh. as cold as I was in Boston again, just because, especially if you live on your own. If you if you're on your own, getting older, I mean, the cold really slows you down. I mean, it, and it makes you miserable, and you can't do anything. You know, as hot as hot can be, it's still, it the heat can be uncomfortable. It can be really uncomfortable. But you can still do stuff. Cold shuts you down. More people die of cold than heat. I don't like cold. By far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like cold either. Yeah. Yep. I, I love cold in Toronto. Hot, cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, okay. I can take the heat. I can take the humidity too. I'm actually very, I'm very humidity tolerant for some reason, so I don't mind the weather around mm-hmm. here at all. Uh, as, long yeah. as, not out in the, as long as I'm not out in the noonday sun without a hat, you know, then I have a problem. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, let me tell you, we've got four countries I, I wrote down here as we were talking. Brazil, China, Ukraine, and Iran. And I want to kind of cover these a little bit, unless you have more, more stuff that you wanted to do uh, specifically. Um, Before you start this, I want yeah. to mention uh, some of the doctors in our area and hospitals are still insisting the new people, new hires get the vaccine, and this is criminal what mm-hmm. these people are doing. I had a nurse uh, on Saturday. Um, she worked for a, a small office in Milton, a pediatrician office, 
And she says the seven women that work there, they've been almost forced to be vaccinated twice. She said now she's got her second booster, and she doesn't want no more boosters. She said one of the black girls, kind of young, she had reaction on the second vaccine, and her face is a mess. And the doctor still insisted that she go get the boosters. And And he goes, I'll go with you. And the doctor physically went with this young woman to get a booster. And this is, That's crazy. this is a crime. What well, how much money doing. is involved here? We're talking, do they take Medicare patients? Do they get, yeah. do they get paid for having, oh, so, that's, so that's it, it's Medicare. Remember the CMS system we talked about? The Center for Medicaid uh-huh. or Medicare Services, the, the people that pay out the money yeah. for Medicare, they don't pay if you don't I have know. everybody uh, boosted. And the problem Vaccine. is, do you remember the, the, someone she's talking about too, I just post this again, the Washington Post story that more people are dying from COVID who have had the, the COVID jab uh, than the, those of us yeah. that remain, you know, vaccine free. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing a lot better. And you know, a lot better <laughs> than the people that, that have so, been jabbed, you know, so I sent her some video from Dr. Judy and Dr. Uh-huh. Uh, artist to this mm-hmm. young girl. And uh, I told her if this doctor insists that you continue, because he, he's talking about booster up all the time now. And I say, you need to flee that office. Yeah. Uh, and she's already having stomach cramps, like, so bad, Greg. She was describing this, the pain that she's having every day now from the vaccines mm-hmm. from last year and now the boosters, two boosters she had. And she says, I don't want any more, but I don't want to lose my job. I said, yeah, but you're going to lose your life. What, yeah, there's always another job. What, there's what, always another yeah. job. Yeah, no, you no, know, no. Even if it's not and in, you know, uh, go, go drive for Uber. <laughs> you know, do something. Um, but yeah, uh, some work for me. Yeah, there you go. You know, uh, Irene, Irene, Kara, she died from the vaccine. They're Wait, hiding. Let's talk about now. her. Yeah, I asked you about that too. Yeah. Because in fact, I, I post this on. We have a we have a private group for for vaccine people. It's it's tough to mm-hmm. get into. I got to know you because <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want anybody sabotaging yeah. my my work here. We already. I was reading the, the... on Twitter. Uh huh. I was reading on Twitter that last year, she's bragging. She said the best gift that I ever got, it was the vaccine for my birthday. This is last year. Yeah. Yeah. She was bragging about it. Now she's dead. There's another guy on our Mm -hmm. our page too. There's a a black reporter for, I think, CNN that bragged uh, about getting all his boosters and he's gone too. You know, so Mm -hmm. uh, So I, I don't know. I don't know anybody that has been an advocate of, of natural immunity. Uh, that has died of, of COVID. I can't think of anybody. Yeah. The the only no. people I know that that have died, and, and of course they always, they don't say COVID shot because they can't because it go against the narrative. And, you know, and Fauci wants his money. Doctor Fascist, the genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. I thought that criminal was retiring. What the heck is he doing now? He's talking about after Christmas to lock up all the children, and I mean this this mm-hmm. wicked evil. Satan worshiper. Yep. I don't know what's going on. Well, I know. He's it's still funny. around. You know, look at uh, look at oh look, look at Nazi Germany with Dr. Mengele. Remember the doctor from the Holocaust? Oh yeah. Who did all the medical yeah. experiments? And look at Joseph Goebbels, who was the minister of propaganda. Put those two together, mm-hmm. and you get Dr. Fascist. Yeah. He's the yeah. worst of both of them yeah. because he he doesn't if he can make millions of dollars off the death of millions of people. You think he loses yeah. any sleep over that? No, he's a total psychopath. And I stand by that. 
You know, anybody wants but to talk to me, 215 Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just giving the phone number. Yeah. On the vaccine. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't Ron DeSantis say you don't have to get the vaccines? Well, that's or what I thought. Don't I, don't, do I don't think anybody can mandate it. What's you know? going but, on? Well, it's the difference between, well, see, what the what the law says you can't do and what your employer says you can't do when that employer is getting Medicaid money, <laughs> you know, it's two different things. And so this mm. is, you know, it, it's the, there's the law that is on the books and there's a law that is enforced. And sometimes I'll tell you, I'll give you a perfect example. Years and years ago, I worked in, in uh, restaurants um, briefly because <laughs> I wasn't mm-hmm. really good at it. I was a terrible server, by the way. I was funny, <laughs> but I, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the policy of the restaurant was that, and this is, most restaurants have this policy. They don't talk about it. But if, if you let a person, you know, escape without paying their bill, they charge you for it. They mm-hmm. charge the server. Now, that's not legal. Oh, yeah. That's, that's completely illegal. But if the server doesn't pay, even though it's completely illegal, they said, and I even had a manager say this, said, well, we'll just find some other reason to fire you. So there's a, yeah. there's a case of something that we know is illegal. The restaurants don't say they're yeah. doing it. They, we know that restaurants do it, you know, and they yeah. cover it up by firing you for something else. And it's easy to fire yeah. somebody. You just, nobody's perfect, you know, and they just say you, you were late last week. Well, yeah, they may have had some horrible emergency. They were 20 minutes late. They said, well, sorry, that's our policy. You know, we have a, we have a no tardiness policy. You're fired, <laughs> even though mm-hmm. they don't on other people. But this idea that, that companies can require uh, you to get a jab uh, is insane. It's irrational. But I know it goes that's on. Because, and it's money. It's money. It's all, it's, the money's behind this. It's got to be. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about Iran-Kara for a second. Okay, let's talk about the other countries that you wanted. Oh yeah, okay, let's see the other countries. Yeah. Okay, so we've mentioned a few of them, but I just want to go into more detail. So Brazil, what is it about Brazilians that they are protesting their fraudulent election, and Americans are not? This is, I mean, I know the answer, but it bothers me. But but I want to ask the question anyway. Why are they doing it? That's what we're we're Americans. We're supposed to be out there. We're supposed to be the ones. you know, doing something about our fraudulent election instead of just sitting back and going, oh, there's nothing you can do. We have to move on. Trump's a bad guy. You know, all this other nonsense. What yes, okay. Yeah, they're talking a lot about Trump over here. Oh, Trump is not good. Get away from him and all that. But anyway, in Brazil, it's like a Spanish country. Uh, but I think Brazilians, is, there's so much, so many people in other Spanish countries. Mm-hmm. Um, they have noticed uh, what happened to Venezuela, now Colombia, in Mexico with the criminal uh, communists, and they're afraid to go through the same thing. Uh, because I'm all, I have a lot of Brazilian friends here in Pensacola. There's a lot mm-hmm. of them that they're standing strong together, and they know the the election was stolen, and, and the war got around so quickly, and they all know, except mm-hmm. for some of the group. Uh, supporting this communist that he's promising everything for free to them. Uh, heard that before. Uh, he, he's a liar because yeah. that's what happens with communists. They promise everything to you, and once they get in, you out. Forget it. Like a lot of my friends in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only one one friend that I grew up as young kids is still so attached, like, very close with Daniel Ortega, and I know a lot of stuff about it because he shares. And my cousin, they're very attached to Daniel Ortega, so hmm. we're kind of like cousins from far away because he's not—he's <laughs> not my family. He's my yeah. enemy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that loves Daniel Ortega, he's not part of me. No, because if you knew what Daniel Ortega has done in Nicaragua, torturing innocent students, innocent people, and just because so and so say this, they come and drag you out of the house or drag you out of college, and then you ne- you you never see that person again. And this is what this criminal Daniel Ortega has done with so many Nicaraguans, uh, especially a lot of students. A lot of students have vanished. Uh, one of my ca- cousins, uh, he's in Russia right now. He he was forced to go to Russia, and he didn't want to. And his brother and me are on the phone almost every day praying for him, and uh, there's not much they can do. You're forced to go, and that's it. So they took one of my cousin and his brothers, not happy about it, but there's there's nothing you can do. It's not like America, oh, I'm going to sue you. I'm gonna... There's no such a thing of suing or anything like that in, in the Spanish country. you told to do this, and that's what's going to happen. My other cousin was taken to uh, Cuba for five years by Daniel Ortega, and then they sent him to Ukraine. And, oh, that's uh, interesting. And then from... And then from the Ukraine, they trained him quite a bit, uh, and then they sent him to Germany. And Germany deported my cousin because he was a stinking drunk, beating up his wife in Germany. <laughs> yeah, Germans <laughs> don't take too kindly to that. Yeah, interesting. Well, I, I'm what surprised about that, uh, that you were talking about. Well, Iran, especially because uh, they they treat women so badly uh, in Middle Eastern countries. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they throw do. gay people off the rooftops. They they treat women, you know, wrap yep. women up in 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 garb, you know, and hide mm-hmm. everything except the, their their nose or whatever. You know, it's just, you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a totally repressive country. There's a woman on last night on One American News uh, who's one of the activists. Um, there's another woman who's broadcasting from jail at great peril to herself. But people are resisting. I mean, there's a, there's a huge resistance in the world. Mm-hmm. And instead of aiding the resistors, the freedom fighters, like America used to do. You know, they're, they're going, they're, they're supporting the governments. They're supporting the oppressive governments mm-hmm. against their own people, you know? And so Iran is a, is a fascinating case. Um, Ukraine, I was watching, like I said, a video with Doug McGregor. They've got, uh, Colonel McGregor, they've got half a million troops, Russian troops. I mean, mm-hmm. it's over. It's going to be over really soon. But here's something that uh, they said that I don't, I, maybe you know more about this than I do. I want to find out. I'm going to do some research. That the CIA really started the war back in 2014. And that's what caused uh, the Russians mm-hmm. to go take Ukraine. Do you know about CIA yeah. involvement? Do you know how we did that? And well, not we. I'm not, I don't consider myself part of the CIA. But I don't why know every did the... little detail. Do you know anything about it? What I understand from years and years ago, because my cousin was a CIA top secret CIA. He had an office in the Capitol. Wow. What I do know is the United States has been causing all this war on purpose. Like right now, they're using Ukraine, they're using Russia, so the United States can get involved and go on war. Mm-hmm. And this is this has been going on for many, many years. This country is the one behind these demons, this corporation that we're under. They're the ones that want to cause something, and then they blame Russia and ready to go to war. But Donald Trump is not going to allow any nuclear because he's in full control of Space Force. We were told that he's tracking Antifa step by step. He's tracking 
uh, he was he's tracking all the votes actually. He's going to expose everything. Him and Putin are going to expose everything. That's why they haven't destroyed eleven bioweapon labs in the Ukraine because they're going to show the world behind those labs. Even though a lot of people say that I'm talking nonsense, including my missionary uh, partner that I traveled to Ukraine with because mm-hmm. he's being brainwashed. And so it's a lot of Ukrainian. They don't believe it. They think you're crazy when you tell them, like, this electricity. We know it was coming. We know. We know last year. Excuse me, not six months ago. We know that they're well organized with Biden to shut down all the uh, pipeline, and, and they did it on purpose. Nobody came in tamper with that. They did it on purpose because they want to freeze Europe. I told one of my friends that she's in Greece right now. She said, I want to be with my family. I said, you might go through horrible times. And it's all well organized by the Bidens, Obama, the United Nations is the one in control fully of everything that is happening. And all this global warming, it's all a hoax. It's just to extract more money from Americans. Right now, Obama, 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 because hmm. Biden doesn't even know where he's standing from one minute no, to the next. I think you're right. You, you can say the Obama administration. I don't mind. Yeah, they're going to send billions of dollars to other poor countries. And you know, Greg, it's not true. They, the Democrats and some rhinos, they've been doing this for years. They send mm-hmm. 56 million to Honduras. Guess what? They get 20 million, and the rest come back in their pockets. And it's been going on for years and years and years. That's why Maxine Water, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all these criminals—they die in D.C. at 80 mm-hmm. years old because of the corruption that has been going on, and they're so used to. They cannot live without that money. Like my stupid dentist in Miami, I used to work for. He was cheating Medicaid, and so it's a lot of doctors that I personally know. They cheat Medicaid, and they're so addicted to that money every two weeks that they're, like, craving for that money. Maxine Water, she went in as a state uh, house representative. How can you own million-dollar uh, mansion, you know? But it, it's, it's all, it's all going to come out. Zelensky was put by Obama in 2014. Zelensky is being paid lots of money. Zelensky from Ukraine, he doesn't care about his own people. He doesn't care about anybody besides the Bidens and the Clintons, uh, John Kerry, United Nations is controlling, and Bill Gates. They're controlling the whole thing. Yeah. If you talk to Laura Logan, she knows exactly what I'm talking about, and she, she tells it about it. Well, I, I retweet a lot of her by, stuff yeah. on uh, Action Radio GP, which mm-hmm. is my uh, my Twitter handle. So, yeah. you know. so most of what I say, you say I agree with, but then you cross a line and get to a place where I where I challenge it. Uh, and it's so, okay. oh, I know <laughs> it, it's fine. This is, this is what makes this fun. No one's required to agree with me on the show. That's that's uh, that's rule number one. Um, but mm-hmm. it's, it, when it, when you when you cross the line to the point where you say that uh, we're waiting to gather evidence, we're trying, we're, all these people are going to be arrested, and we all these all the big things are going to happen. Wait, hold on, yeah. hold on. All these big things are going to happen. That's where I agree with you. Where I agree with you is that there are definitely bioweapons labs in Ukraine. I know that. I know that Ukraine is a money laundering uh, Democrat and Republican you know, piggy bank because we reported on FTX. Yes. We did a whole show on it. Uh, so I know that to be yes. true. Uh, I know child that uh, our mm-hmm. – Yeah, and I don't know how much child trafficking simply because I haven't seen a, a, 
an incredible, oh, I'm sure it is a huge part on that. But as to the UN being in control and us being a corporation and uh, Bill Gates yes, pulling all the strings, they have a lot of, well, let me finish. Uh, we have a, they have a whole lot of influence, but I do not believe they're absolutely in control because the Congress could still cut off the money to Ukraine. Uh, there's a lot of things that our own government could do they're not doing. So that you have these willing participants in the global cabal. Okay, so that I do agree with, but I don't believe they're in control because we could take control. They're, 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 our government is letting them have control. You've got the Democrats who are running the government, and you've got the Republicans who are letting them. They could cut out the House. And here's an example for you. This is something that I think uh, um, mm. we'll, see whether, we'll see whether the GOP is going to be Republicans or whether they're going to be geldings. And if they're Republicans, they will shut off the money to Ukraine because revenue bills you know, start in the House. Now, I don't know if that means just taxing bills or spending bills. I got to research that, but the House can stop mm-hmm. the money to Ukraine. Say, look, we're not going to fund any more Ukraine. Uh, in fact, we're not going to let anything get out of the House until Ukraine funding stops and we have a wall. They could say that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will. Yeah. I don't think they have because I think they're geldings. You know, they're they're not uh, they're not Republicans, and so that's the big problem. So could it's like remember you know we we talk about uh, Trump as not allowing the war in Ukraine. Well, Trump really it's not that he uh, stopped the war He's in Ukraine. He never, he, never, he never started one. So this no. that's what I'm saying. Donald Trump, so, Donald Trump is working with Putin, and a lot of people do not know. Okay, so He's hold, working that, together. And that's, and that's where I disagree with you. All right, this is where I, I like fifty thousand yeah. children from under the the dams in Ukraine. Uh, Putin in in, uh, in Trump. Trump has mm-hmm. a team of seals in the Ukraine trying to get rid of the neo Nazis. They're doing pretty good though. So well, that'd be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if the Russians are trying to get rid of the Nazis because Russians and Nazis have a really horrible history. They have. You know, mm-hmm. and it's you, you got communists versus Nazis. You got left on left. And this is another thing people forget, that the left is especially intolerant of the disobedient left. <laughs> so the Nazis want mm-hmm. communists to be Nazis and the communists want Nazis to be communists. So, so the left wants the, all the left to agree together. And you got fascist and you Nazis know, and communists. They're all leftists, but they don't agree, mm-hmm. and they they have power battles. And people forget that. People in Ger- Nazi Germany, but, the brown shirts and the black shirts. You know, the, the SS versus shirts. the SA. The brown shirts were were the you know the 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 more I guess the more fascist, and the Nazis were the more communist. I'm not however it works anyway. But the point being, you had left on left violence. You had leftists competing. Charlottesville, were mm-hmm. leftist groups that were battling. It wasn't there was no unite the right. That was a leftist front. You know, so people forget that the left does battle the left. The biggest war in World War II mm-hmm. is between Russia and Germany. Leftist communists are fighting leftist Nazis. The war is still going on in Ukraine. You know, leftist communists in the West and leftist Nazis in the East. It hasn't changed. It's the same war. But where I disagree but with you is I don't think Putin and, and Trump are working together that well. I think Trump yes, they are. kept a war from Ukraine. Okay, right. I know you say that, all right. But let, 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 let mm-hmm. me just say that, this, this is all, that I don't agree with that. I don't see, and first of all, there's no advantage for Trump to work with Putin. I'll tell you right now. With all the scrutiny of, of fake Russian propaganda yes, and the hoax is. and everything else like that, there's no incentive for Trump directly with Putin. Now, if, there, if there's other things, if they have people that are working together to stop child trafficking, that's great. Let's hear about it. Let's get a news story. That's not something that would be a secret. You don't have to give the exact names of the people and what they're doing. But if they're doing this, we should know. You know in fact, well, if Trump Donald were Trump doing that, working, he would want, Donald okay. Trump is working with Putin. He's working with Xi from China, okay? And he's even uh, doing some work with uh, Korean mm-hmm. uh, Jim uh, Yang Yu, what, what do you say his name? <laughs> Kim Yang Un. Oh, I, I yeah. call him Kim Jong Ugh, but that's just me. 
Kim Young. Oh. Kim What's Jung. happening oh. is this, Greg. Uh-huh. People going to find out and realize when everything gets done and uh-huh. we're getting close. We don't know exactly when, but I'm like anxious. No, I'm waiting patiently. Waiting, patiently. I've been waiting. I, I can't, you know, Me too, and I, I cannot yeah. wait any longer. See, I don't think it's going to uh, happen the way you do. Is, I don't think it's going to happen the way you do. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it is. I think what's going to uh, happen is. Uh, no, it's wait, not. Wait. What's going <laughs> to happen is that, that everything will, will be revealed that mm-hmm. Putin is really not the evil man that they've been painting. All these years, it's our country that's been using Russia as an evil, evil person. What's happening, there's a deep state in Russia, just like we have the deep state here. Same mm-hmm. thing in China. We have the, they have a deep state that they're trying to run. You know how they hated Trump because Trump was not being manipulated by the system here in this country? Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing in China, same thing in Russia. And uh, well, we well, wanna, let me ask you they're going to reveal the whole thing. Yeah, okay, so what? let's hold off on that for a little bit. But let me ask you a question, because here's what it seems to me, that Trump was basically ending the war in Afghanistan. And he had really good conditions to end it. The military would have come out last. Our involvement would have been over. Mm-hmm. The spending would have been done. I think that, uh, that Brandon you know, didn't want to leave Ukraine. I mean, Afghanistan, excuse me. He didn't want to leave Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And the permanent war class said, okay, if we can't have Afghanistan, we have to start a war somewhere. Why not Ukraine, you know, the Democrat piggy bank? So it seems to me mm-hmm. that Ukraine is a direct result of Trump ending the war in Afghanistan and the permanent war class having to have a war somewhere because that's their business. That's their banking, that's exactly. their drugs, that's their trafficking, and that's everything else. Mm-hmm. So the Ukraine war is a direct yeah. result, not so much of, of what well, is part of our starting. I want, to learn, I want to look up the CIA involvement, but what's really, what really caused the Ukraine war uh, of us starting it, which is what Colonel McGregor was saying, uh, is that I think that is because uh, they couldn't continue in Afghanistan because they, they botched everything. They surrendered, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they surrendered because there was no more war to fight there, and that's why they moved on to Ukraine. Let's get, uh, why don't you respond to that, and let's get Pianchi on the line here. Well, it's so well organized, like I just said a few minutes ago. The, mm-hmm. the, the Pentagon, the CIA, FBI, the United Nations are in control of the war. Where are we going to start trouble? And where are we going to move it? Who are we going to blame? And this has been going on for probably 60, 70 years, Greg, or more, mm-hmm. this whole thing. Right. It's been going on because, see, Americans are worth more money dead than alive. Why do you think this criminal Como in New York City murdered over 16,000 innocent older folks in nursing homes because they're worth more money dead than alive? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's why, that's why, why uh, that. Sure. And that's why the, the, the vaccine's out. That's why everything is happening. It's happening. They don't care how many and, people and are, know, are killed. They just how many every, people take it. Every time we have a war, mm-hmm. we send all these young kids that they're innocent and a lot of these innocent kids they get killed you know 18 19 years old they come back in a box and for years and years from the middle east all those boxes they've been full of hashish drugs diamonds from the congo mm-hmm. uh all these things they're they're inside those uh, uh boxes with americans yeah, that's, say, that's, that's another thing I'd like to see some sources on and get me some, uh, mm-hmm. some reports on that, like Laura Logan or someone like that who's looking into it. Um, she has but, to. Uh, 
she has a okay. lot of well again you know mm-hmm. it, again you're you're speculating again you're you know unless you, unless we have evidence you know that uh, this is going I'm on I'm surprised you believe in the vaccine my goodness Greg my no, no. Goes, see, well, what I, I what I believe in. in the vaccine. If they can well, do that evil killing, can okay. What you I believe, believe in. The rest? I believe in logic yeah. and reason and my own judgment. Okay, that's what I believe in. That's okay. And so uh, I know. And so what I do is I exercise my own logic and reason and judgment. And there's certain things I don't believe, and there's certain things I do. Okay, mm-hmm. I do believe that Afghanistan was an organized you will. Uh, surrender to get us. Uh, well, you, now you're talking a little bit more about the Ukraine because at first you said I that talk about I'm Ukraine. talking stuff that no 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 yeah but, but like you I said there's me. a line there's a line where where you cross the line okay. into I think it's wrong uh, I don't believe Trump is controlling the space force I don't think it has any power over the space yes, force yes he is 100 let me finish all right let me finish okay so I don't believe he's doing mm-hmm. that. I don't believe he has any power because I don't, even, I don't even think that Brandon has even kept up the Space Force or Obama. I don't think we have much of a Space Force now. I think it has to be resurrected. Yes, we do. So that's, that's what I – okay, all right. So don't, don't – you, now you're, you're getting under my skin here a bit. Let me finish my statements, okay? <laughs> okay. Otherwise, remember, I've got the mute button, okay? Don't, 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 don't make me use the mute mm-hmm. button. Go ahead. Uh, but, I'll but mute anyway. myself. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to get in a second, but but the thing is that line that that so and I can tell where the line is, you know, of what makes sense and what doesn't. Okay. So once you get into it, it's all organized by the UN, et cetera, et cetera. That's where I question it. Uh, I don't believe Trump is controlling the space force, and I don't think the space force is really relevant at this point. Where the space force should be is building a missile shield against North Korea. And, and Iran. That's where we need the Space Force. We don't need the Space Force in Ukraine and Russia because that's a, that's a regional conflict. What I also believe is, is what I heard that uh, there's half a million Russian soldiers coming on, on board. This thing's going to be over soon. And I do believe that we started it, you know, and uh, Ukraine's been like our big piggy bank for, for all the corrupt uh, deep state operations. And I'm sure the drugs are going through just like they use Vietnam for drugs and a piggy bank for money laundering. And I'm sure they're doing the same with, uh, with uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and now Ukraine. They need their countries. They need to be at war somewhere to cover up all the other stuff they're doing. But what I don't believe mm-hmm. is that we're going to have some magic, wonderful day when all these people will be arrested and, and the, the, the knights in they shining will. armor will come from Josie. And the knights will come forward mm-hmm. in the shining armor and everything will be fine. That some mythical day, this is all going to happen all at once sometime in the future. I don't believe it. I think you're wrong. That's where we have our differences. You'll be apologizing to me later. You no, be, well, even if, well, That's I don't apologize for That's what my husband for, told me this morning. He said, honey, I don't apologize don't worry. for being wrong. I don't Let apologize them. for being wrong. Or, and, and you don't have to apologize when, you, when, when you're wrong. We're just disagreeing. Yeah. You know, but this is, yeah, you know, this, so there's no reason to apologize. Whoever one of us is right. I think I'm right. You think you're right. We'll find out. So no. far, I'm and right you know, because Greg, nothing's happened that you predicted. Chelsea, nothing's happened that you predicted. Nothing. Not a single thing. None have. of them. If, no, you talk, if you talk to any Ukrainian right now, they say, uh-huh. oh, Ukraine is winning the war. I start laughing. No, they're not. What they're losing war? badly. Yeah. I know. Well, they can't. They can't win. It's impossible. It was always impossible for them to win, which is why that war never should have started. All right, exactly. Pianki, your turn. Well, I really enjoy looking at Josie's ten-foot Christmas tree. It's really nice, Josie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was eleven foot. We had to cut a foot off in order to sit in the house. I know. I went crazy with that tree. <laughs> oh, so oh guys. Yeah, my but, girlfriend. Uh, we had a uh, the mm-hmm. twenty twenty two election had a a black red wave that nobody talks about. 
What's a black red wave? I've never heard that term. You had a record number of black Republicans running for office, a record number, and it's forced to increase because you have a portion of the society that's been called black is better educated, are more prone to be in a better economic position here in the United States. They recognize the benefits and the possibilities that were afforded by this great country, and they want to preserve that. And they can identify which side stands for the preservation of what we know. See, this to me is fascinating. Jesse, do you have a comment on that? I mean, I, this is a yes. Uh, this is the Latino right, report. Right, go Absolutely, ahead. Absolutely, Bianchi. There are so many black folks running, and I was so proud of them. Oh my God, it, it, this is like never before. Absolutely, I was very impressed how many, uh, how many black uh, Americans wanted to get involved and do something because they have woken up. They have seen the corruption, and they're standing for their country, and I'm proud of them. Yes. So what changed, Bianca? What, uh, what, uh, what caused this, do you think? I think uh, they can see the injustices in January 6th. They can see the media attack on Donald Trump for the last years leading up to it. They're mm-hmm. sick and tired of the crime. They're sick and tired of the, the miseducation that's going on in your in your public, in your government school, and they're tired of being pushed back on the issues that they think is well-founded for their progress. For instance, like mm-hmm. school choice with vouchers, where we know all about that. So they're tired of big government. They're tired of these dinosaurs being in office, especially in the black community. They're tired of the losing property value in what was a very decent, established black community, and when you have politicians to introduce elements that just could not get with the picture. So they're tied a lot of things. Let me ask you the same question I'm going to ask uh, Josie, too. Do you think, um, and uh, Mario, uh, Mario Prado, guest uh, in the next hours on the line. I'm going to bring him on in just a couple of minutes. He's the uh, producer of The Falcon. And so we've talked a little bit about it on the show um, that, uh, that I'm going to be involved as a, as a consultant. Actually, I already am. Or, or, or what is it called? Technical advisor. He'll tell me what it's called. Um, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and about uh, Mario and about Hollywood in the next hour. So, of course, you two are welcome to stick around for that. Um, but uh, the question I have, is I think I have a theory that uh, Trump changed so much uh, in this country that black voters, Hispanic voters saw that we could be prosperous, that the Democrats had lied, that you don't have to be a victim, Mm -hmm. that that all of a sudden we were getting jobs and the economy was good and we did have energy and gas prices were low and we did have food on the shelves and we did have toilet paper and we did have all the things that, uh, you know, other countries have shortages and we did have electricity and we could drive whatever damn car we wanted to and we could live where we wanted to and we could live as Americans. And all of a sudden, the coup steals the federal government, the Marxists, the, the, uh, the deep state says, no, we want to go back to business as usual. And I think some people changed during the Trump administration said, you know what? Despite all that propaganda, I I was actually having a good time in 2018. Life was pretty good. Pianchi and then Josie. 
Well, you know, you got black conservatives that are sick and tired of being looked at, and all of a sudden these assumptions mm-hmm. come up without being questioned toward them. They're tired of being ignored. They're tired of being ridiculed. They're tired of being insulted and called all sorts of racist names. Mm-hmm. So they're just sick and tired of sick and tiredness. So, no, I was happy to see uh, many of us uh, come forward and want to contribute toward the reestablishment and the preservation of the great qualities that this nation has had for eons since its conception. And much of this conception, as I have said, was due to divine intervention. Yeah. Oh, I'm convinced of that, too. Do you think that black Americans felt more American than black because the Democrats, and I asked Jesse the same question about Latino voters, because it seems to me the Democrats want you to feel black and then American. And, and conservatives, patriots, America firsters are like, you're all Americans. Okay, you're black, you're Hispanic, you know, I'm a white guy, so what? <laughs> but we're Americans. And that's why I see the big difference. And, and that's that argument of the Democrats of you're a black American or you're a Hispanic American. You're, 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 you're racial, you know, ethnic group first and American second. I think people have got really sick of that, too. Comments? Well, yeah. absolutely. They're, okay. They want to be looked at as a United States citizen. And one thing that they heard that probably brought chills uh, down the backs of many uh, when Donald Trump uh, say those famous words, make America great again. They know what it is to make America be great. I do. And Josie do and many, many others. But we kept being pondered with these innuendos about how terrible America is, and and more importantly for them, going back 400 years. I'm tired of taking this 400-year trip. I want to move forward (laughs) and speed and train them. Yeah, it's time to start uh, everybody being able to live as a free person. Josie, what do you think? Then we get uh, Mario's opinion on You know, Greg, Mm -hmm. as a Latina that I experienced uh, Donald Trump uh, being our president, he made the Latino and the black people, like, we're important people. We're not just black. We're not just Latinos. We're important. And according to your education and your job skill, that's how you get hired. The Democrat Party, everything is like, okay, I'm going to hire you because you're black. No. Mm-hmm. Or you because you're Latina. No. That's not what we want. Because I have talked to a lot of nurses, and a lot of nurses, they said, we had a better during Trump. And let me tell you, the percentage is very small standing for Biden, and the percentage is so big now. People moving from all over the country, and they come shopping at my store, and I ask them, oh, did you flee such and such? Yes. I'm so happy here. And uh, so I encourage them. I said, but you need to stop voting the same way you were voting before because that's why you fled your cities because of the destruction by your party. So you can see the difference why Donald Trump makes us feel Latinos important and black important because we all are Americans. We all are going to work as a team. We all are going to make this country better. And these people are the opposite. They want to destroy. They want to send all our money 
look, look, like I shared with you guys before, I had this black lady from Georgia with her two daughters. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart because they didn't want to help her. And she's sleeping in her car while we're helping all the illegals to get everything for free. And it's not fair because she's an American. Americans come first. And the Democrats don't want to hear that. The American people should be first than anybody yeah. else coming in Agreed. the illegal way. Well, people should only come in here if they're going to help Americans. Let me bring uh, Mario Prado. Welcome him to, uh, to Action Radio. I'll give you a proper introduction in a few minutes, but I want to know if you want to get in on this discussion, and, and especially in Hollywood. You've got to be getting a warped perception out there. and These are voices that you're going to hear on your local news you know, out in, in L.A. <laughs> Mario, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good, young man. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, well, from what Greg is telling me, from what I just heard, um, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying what I'm listening to, and it seems to me there's a number of areas that uh, have not stepped up to to assist the American. You know, Americans, in in my opinion, from where I come from and where I've developed, really are not only the backbone, but the actual reason that this country was put together. Um, We're very unique. Um, I think when I was talking to Greg a number of weeks ago, he had mentioned something that really kind of helped me understand that this country is an experiment. Okay, we, we are truly, truly, truly an experiment. And I think if we were to approach uh, these situations, uh, that this is an experiment, then we have some freedom. And, and, I, and I have to say that that word has been misused, misinterpreted, misunderstood, uh, that we need to identify as Americans in general. Um, I, I am, unfortunately... Uh, I consider myself an American Hispanic. I don't consider myself a Hispanic American. Um, I bring to the table certain influences, um, which I think can add to the this, to, to this experiment. And I think each of your uh, guests, uh, Greg, have mm-hmm. brought something to this uh, experiment, which is fantastic. I mean, uh, I've been in other. I've traveled. And that, I think, is one thing that hurts me the most. Most Americans who have chosen sides, don't, I don't believe they have traveled. And, That's a huge uh, point. I think you're right. And, 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 and I think that if they did, oh, my God, what we, what we, not only what we have now, but what we could have is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sad part, I don't, I sad part and I, I heard both your guests talk about education, this is critical, uh, extremely critical. Um, and I think that's, that's where we need to begin. Um, my dad, uh, I'm first-generation American, meaning that I was born here in this country. Mm-hmm. And my dad said to me, he says, if you're not going to join the service, then you should leave the country for one year and then come back. And when you leave, you must go to a third-world country to truly understand how unbelievably fortunate we are for us to even have this conversation in this Mm -hmm. country, which is an experiment is unbelievable. It's it to me and to a certain extent, it's a miracle, but um, 
you know, every every we all going to have challenges. There's no there's no doubt about that. It's just life. But I also believe that there is a certain spirit that has to be introduced, a different a definition of a spirit in that. Um, and maybe yeah, maybe I'm wrong when I say this. But when I was bring, brought up in, in my culture, and I, um, I, I have to define culture differently. I, I have Hispanic culture, and I have an American experience, okay? Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, my father said to me, he said, there's three gifts that you were given when you came into this world. And everyone has those three gifts, and they're, they're absolutely free. You didn't have to fight for it. You didn't have to contract it. You didn't have to buy it. And I said to myself, what, what are you talking about? He said, number one, the body you have is a gift from your parents. That's not your body. That's something we gifted you. That's your first gift, free. He said, the second gift is the ability to choose. Now, we, we claim from different groups, we give it a name. God, Gandhi, Buddha, you, you, they give it all different names. But it's a gift nonetheless to think, to be able to choose. And the third gift, the most important gift of all that, that these first two gifts operate on is this planet. Now, if you look at what he said, every one of us was born exactly with these gifts. But the difference, my father said, is how we're educated and how, we, how each culture, how should I say, views these three gifts. Now, America if we were to take America and truly look at it as an experiment and say that these three are the most important so that when you come and I see you, we're, we're really the same. Experiences have, have altered our character, our personality, our look, our, our, move, our movement, the slangs that we use, the terminology that we use. Now, if I understand that when I see you down the hallway, I can say to you, I said, wow, you made it. Now, what are we going to do with it? That's the key. And unfortunately, we're finding ourselves. And, and you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. I'm very, very happy that this is happening now because we are turning into a global village. When I fly to Paris, it's a different neighborhood. It's not, it's not like, you know, oh, my gosh, it, you know, like it's a whole different. No, it's just a different neighborhood. And I think that the, your guests have, have really hit it on the head when we talk about education, when we talk about parties that are trying to make a vision for us that they believe is real. The real vision is that we're all Americans. And, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and the spices that you bring, the experiences that you bring in music, dance, your uh, poetry, uh, it, it only makes this place that much better. So I, I'm really, that's, and because I'm from Hollywood, yeah. and, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. from Hollywood. So, you know, there's, there's uh, parties and groups that says, oh, you know, you're, you're bad, you're this, that, and the other thing. Every group has it. <laughs> really. Every yeah, group has yeah, it. No, no one you, you don't sound that, like, like you know? Hollywood typical stuff. This is why I wanted to have you on. Um, besides the fact, uh, uh, let me just ask Pianchi and Josie if you have a, a question on what we're talking about, because I'm going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk. Hollywood and movies and what it means question. to be a producer. Okay, go ahead. But Mario, yes. uh, where is your family from, Mario? Uh, Colombia. 
Oh, Colombia. Colombia. Oh. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm from Nicaragua. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're we're but, neighbors. Go ahead. See, but you know you're absolutely right. Unless an American person travels outside and sees the world out there, when they come back, they really love and appreciate America. I've been to about 24, 25 countries. I'm a missionary for Jesus. And, you know, by the time you come back, you're like, oh, my God. And that's what I, what I was teaching my daughter. I said, I'm taking you on a mission trip. You're going to suffer for 18 days in the Ukraine, and which we did. <laughs> By the time that child came back, let me tell you, Mario, she loved her pillow. She loved her radio. It's just a total different change of my little girl at 10 years old. And she's a type of girl that she doesn't want a guest bag or a Michael Kors. She don't care about those things because I train her as a child. That's what well, we see, need there, to do there to I, think, I think that that's I think is one of the key. Um, I, I I grew up during the period of the uh, Vietnam Korean War. Uh, mm-hmm. We had the uh, the uh, draft, as it were, and my father did not believe in those wars because they weren't with the spirit that America uh, originally was. How should I say how how this original experiment was designed for? It was there to free people to be able to move up, not only in, in their, um, how should I say, in their education, but in their manner of living and the way they look at the world. And what, what hurt me is that, um, you know what, you know what, uh, my father said to me, I was, I was doing very well in school. I, I got very good grades, the whole thing. And he says, so, and, and when, I, when I graduated from high school, you know, I got a lot of invitations because out here in the West Coast, we have some very good schools, UCLA, we got the Loyola Marymount, we have uh, a, n- a number of well-known schools, okay? And it, it, the schools are only well-known because of the educators that are there that bring a certain uh, image to, to what it is to be, uh, how should I say, educated. And uh, my dad, I went to my dad and I said, hey, dad, look at all these invitations I got. Which school should I go to? He says... I'm not going to send you to college. You don't know anything about life. I said, wait a minute, Dad. I went to all these schools. I did great, great. I'm, I'm learning about life. He says, no, you have no clue. <laughs> and uh, my friends are calling me up. I said, Mario, so what, so what school are you going to go to? Where, you know, we can dorm together. We get an apartment, the whole thing, nine yards. So he said, my dad's not sending me to college. They said, what? Now, he let me sit with that for about two weeks, and then he came mm-hmm. into my, my room, and he says, uh, are, you, are, are you still angry at me? And I, and I said, Dad, I, it's not that I'm angry. I don't understand. And my dad looked at me and says, good. Meet me down in my office. So I went down to the office, and I sat in his office, and, and he was in the motion picture industry. He is what we call a one card. A one card is an individual that in that particular union you are offered the job first before anybody else because you have served for the union and therefore you deserve first option to, to work. Now, I'm not too crazy about that idea, but it apparently worked in, in this situation. Okay. So he says to me, I know you're very angry at me, so I'm going to cut you a deal. He took out his checkbook and he cut me a check for $2,000. Now, back in 69, mm-hmm. that was a good chunk of change. And he says, How about 10000 today? Yeah. I want you... Exactly. He says, I want you to take this check and I want you to leave the country. And if you can come back in one year, I'll send you to any school you wish to go. And I said, whoa, 
great. So kid that I was and the way I was brought up and the influencers, which is a beautiful word, in my world, I said, well, I'll get a job at his bed and breakfast in England. And then I can jump across and go to France and Spain and, and maybe even touch into Ireland and Netherlands. And he says, as I'm walking out with this check, I'm walking out of his office. I said, hey, Thad, thanks. He says, oh, but there's only one condition. And I said, sure, Dad, that's great. Yeah, well, go ahead, lay it on me. He said, you have to go to a third world country, otherwise the deal is off. And I said, oh, my God, what? <laughs> it's where the technology is no better than a bicycle. And my dad said, yeah, no better than one speed bicycle. Otherwise, this deal is off. So naturally, I went to South America. Uh-huh. I thought that would be cool because, you know, I'm, I'm, that's my ancestry. You know, I, I speak a little Spanish. Okay, I'm cool. You puedo hablar español. You puedo luchar con la vida y todo eso es vainas. You know what happened? When I got off that plane, when I was at the top of the, of, the, of the exit to the plane, in those days there was no chute that was connected to the fuselage. You actually had to walk down metal steps and walk along the, the airstrip. When I was uh-huh. at the top of that, it shocked me, Greg. It shocked me. Everybody looked like me. And I said, I am not in America any longer. That was the first impact that I had. As long as I kept my mouth shut, I blended. As soon as the moment I opened the mouth, they called me, and I think one of your guests knows this word, estranjero, which means stranger. <laughs> yes. Okay. Estranjero. Estranjero. But it's, it's a love-hate kind of term. Estranjero, they understood that you were a stranger from a different place. So therefore, you thought differently. That was one of the, one of the subsets of the, that word. But let me tell you something about Latinos, okay? Mm-hmm. We have differences between the Mexicans and the Venezolanos and the Cubans and the Colombians and Argentinians and the Peruvians and the Chileans and all the way down the list. But if anyone pokes fun at the Latin community, all of a sudden, somos. What does somos mean? Somos in the Latin culture means us, we. No one goes and pushes around a Latino. I don't care if you're Venezolano, Mexican, Cuban, or any of those things, but you start pushing that around, we all come together and say somos. This idea we bring to America you push any of us around, and all of a sudden, somos. I don't care if you're black, Asian, from Europe, anywhere. Somos. If we can bring this idea to this experiment, we are better prepared to step into this so-called global village. I believe we are the most dangerous concept on the planet. <laughs> and this is one to of who? the reasons that I wrote. <laughs> you should, this, you should oh, say to whom? To everyone, to everyone, because what we're saying is what your two guests were saying, literally mm-hmm. saying, is that our differences bring more identity to the individual because of those differences. Now, this, this is, is, is such a beautiful idea. It doesn't exist in many, many other countries. 
for obvious reasons. We are an experiment, you guys. We are an unbelievable experiment. And yes, we're not perfect. Look, look, we're less than 300 years old. And yet, in less than 300 years, this group of misfits came here and have done things that other cultures have been trying to do for 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 years. Come on, that alone should wake us up. And, uh, well, we're kind of pushing those bounds too, Mario. We're we're, we're pushing those bounds even further here at Action Radio uh, as far as being misfits. Absolutely. Um, Josie and Pianchi are regulars on the show. Josie's been uh, calling my show since uh, 2017. Uh, back at WBY, so they're they're very familiar. Let me um, just take a quick break here for a couple minutes. I want to play some things. Sure. I want to come back, Absolutely. and I want to find out your background. I want to find out about Hollywood. I want to find about you know we're going to talk about the Falcon. We're going to talk about a bunch of things, and uh, we shall we're going to have some fun. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff to do. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward. To, I, I am so I am so glad. Yes, uh-huh. I am so so glad. Well, you so, have to so come back, back more yes, often. So I'll, 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 I'll tell you right okay, now, you got to come back you, more often. Yeah. And we'll get Pianchi in the conversation. I would again. love to. I, I would love to because if if I can if I mm-hmm. can explore and get experience from your other guests to be able mm-hmm. to move my chess piece forward, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Greg, you have no idea. The, the well, con- just listening to the last fifteen minutes of this conversation mm-hmm. have given me ideas that I, I really would like to share with you when we get back together because the, they are hitting they are hitting so so on mark. It, it's not funny. It's it's exciting. I mean, it's it's. I get any goose pimples at this point. So <laughs> well, what I recommend we is can... to listen to podcasts, uh, check in with the show, yes, sir. and you have an open invitation. Yes. You do not need an invitation to call the show. If you want to call the show, just call the show. Uh, whoever's on, any guest, any, anybody you. like that, Thank just you. feel free. All right. I'm going to play a couple things. Mute yourselves, everybody, and we'll be right back in about three minutes. You got it. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, 
Paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. All right, so I'm going to make Mario's live, uh, line back live again. And uh, just in case, we've had some, we have some interesting incidents where people have sort of talked over my stuff here. Let's give you a round of applause, first of all. Welcome you officially to Action Radio. Mario Prado, producer, Hollywood celebrity, inside dude. You know, let's, let's hear about Hollywood. Let's, let's, uh, I want to hear your story, how you got started, and, uh, and what's going on in Hollywood, what you think of what's happening there, and the, becoming the, the leftist bastion that it is. And, uh, and then we'll get on, we can talk about the Falcon. <laughs> So uh, the floor is yours. Thank so, you. so tell me your story. How'd you, you were like well, born into this business, weren't you? Yes. Actually, my mom is a CPA. Um, mm-hmm. She's Filipina. Uh, she speaks Spanish. She's from Panama. Um, my dad was, uh, a, he came from South America, uh, Colombia. And his dad, it was interesting, his dad was a carpenter, you know. Mm. Um, and so, you know, my mom, my mom and dad met here in the United States. Um, they, again, didn't know each other, obviously. Uh, when they met, um, they obviously fell in love. Uh, and I think part of it was because of our, just our pure Latin heritage, the, the generality. We love to dance. We love to, we love to sing. We, we, you know, and obviously, when you come from a different country to this country, nation of nations, my father would say, um, we, 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 we tend to move a little bit closer together because we're in a foreign land, obviously. And, uh, but at the same token, very much like uh, your, your guests were talking about, there was that understanding, this, uh, this unwritten rule that we're here in a place to become not so much better, to enjoy our life, better. And that means to maintain some of the qualities that each culture has in its own right and share it with other cultures and compare notes and, and live and create a life in which we can prosper. Now, that being well, Hollywood's said, a culture. Hollywood's a culture. Oh, absolutely. You've, you've, oh, you've absolutely. got a world there that, a lot, that we don't understand. This is why I feel so privileged to be part of this now as, as I'm learning about, mm. about the movie biz because we, we see the movies, we see the products, we hear about uh, right. you know, uh, the, the fact that it's, pretty much, it's very much of a, of a liberal institution. I mean, there's a, there's a contradiction I've been meaning to right. ask you about. Right. Uh, the fact that you yes. have the Hollywood you know, folks support big government and yet make films like The Hunger Games supporting the underdog. 
fighting big government. <laughs> it's just fascinating. But see, now that to me, see, that, well, this, uh, let's, take, let's take that concept. Okay, that okay. alone right there does create a, how should I say, um, what, what we would call in our neck of the woods, in our community, a misdirect. Okay, here's hmm. a misdirect. Here okay. we do, we create a story, we, uh, we express a certain idea of the underdogs. We don't, we don't even do it once. We, we will now do it three or four times. Now we have <laughs> Hunger Games, and there's four games, okay? And like, you didn't get enough once enough, okay? Well, well one word. It it the bean counters. Times. I want to talk about the bean yes, counters, too, about exactly. uh, how well, that works, bean, yeah. Well, see, the bean counters, yeah. When, when we had what we call the uh, golden era of mm-hmm. filmmaking, we were just fascinated with the idea that we could bring any idea to the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, now... Those on the outside would be able to, they would rate them. Okay, well, this is propaganda, okay, and this is, this is this, and this is that, and this is that. You know what? I'm so glad that someone on the outside has put these concepts to me in these little boxes, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I mean, uh, there's Casablanca. Oh, that was a propaganda film. Okay. Um, For who? And then you have. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. That's one of my favorite oh, yeah, films. How, how was Casablanca a propaganda film? I, I'm curious. Oh, because it was it was expressing an idea, which is still being expressed even with your show. That individuals from different parts can work together. Oh. You see, and that there is a there is a, the so-called bad guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just happened to be at that particular time, you know, the Germans in that respect and so on and so forth. And as I get up this morning and I go and sit in my BMW, which is a German vehicle, all of a sudden I don't see that, that concept. So what, I, what I'm trying to say is, is that we are, in this particular community, storytellers. Okay. We are no different than the shaman of the once upon a time world where the, where the chief of, of the particular tribe would have the shaman tell the young warriors what and who they are and what lies on the other side of the mountain mm-hmm. before they explore. So, so if we were to do that, if we were to look at it from that simplistic perspective, okay, we have a responsibility I think in Hollywood. Now, when I say responsibility, we have to be very careful with that word because responsibility uh, it, it is different in every culture. Now, Hollywood is a culture. I come from a different culture, just inherently, uh, Colombian, okay? When we talk about responsibility, it means the responsibility to the community, okay? Now, mm-hmm. this community that we're talking about has many different levels, I have the community of my family. I have the community of my neighborhood. I have the community of my city. I have the community of my state. I have my community of the world, okay? And so what, what's intriguing to me is that Hollywood, as much as there is a clear line of a love-hate relationship between uh, us and the rest of the country and us and the rest of the world, I think is beautiful. Because a conversation can begin. Each of them bring to the table their concept of a community. Okay? In our normal conversations, we are starting to use, we have been using, 
okay, certain things that we have found that everyone can share. I mean, just the simple statement, I'll be back, has worked into our, uh, how should I say, our lexicon, our language. I'll be back. And we use it. Exactly. <laughs> I use it all now the time you've on done this it. show. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah I, haven't, I haven't met you in person, yet when you say that, it unifies me to see the world in that instant, in the moment you said it, Greg, in a certain perspective. Mm-hmm. I'll be back. But it has so much more depth, other than the character saying what it's saying, but the spirit, and I use that word a lot, the spirit behind it. You know, what's frustrating to me is, you know, the fact that our spiritual leaders haven't stepped up in this country and said, hey, okay? Yeah, but you guys feel, uh, well, Hollywood feels like the other spiritual leaders that they, they, they want to they be like, like a second government. <laughs> you know, here's the way the world is. We're going to tell you a story, and we're going to show you how the way the world is. I want to get Pianchi and Josie exactly. in here. Exactly. But, uh, no, 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 no. Well, I, 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 it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, it's fascinating because, and look, mm-hmm. those, are, those were the very first influencers. Yeah. I mean, I mean movies are made of the time. I mean, you know, of the time, absolutely. They're reflecting yeah. the time. And, and, and I have to admit... If you were to look, well, you know, when I was going to school, one of the things is you want to understand a community, look at Uh their art. Hmm. Look at their art. And it tells you the the spirit and the deep uh, passion, if you will, of that culture, that community, or even better still, of that time. And I think if we were to look at, the things that have happened to us in the past and look at art and the way it went, the music mm-hmm. is considered an art, the dance considered an art, the storytelling, and I, I mean that in books and in film and television, the art, okay? These were reflections of that social fabric at that time. And if you sit down and really just put your ego outside and just go for the ride, and look at the changes we've gone through from the 20s to the 30s to the 40s. Even when I express those terms, when I say the 20s, we're already thinking of certain things. When I say the 30s, we're already thinking of certain things. And these mm-hmm. are the influences that now we stand with, you see. And we say, well, it wasn't like that in the 20s. It wasn't like that in the 30s. It wasn't like that. In, and we could go on. The silent film. The reality the 20s. is, <laughs> oh, my God, yes. The gangsters, the whole nine yards, yeah, they were talking yeah. about. Now, they were storytelling. They wanted to make that extra nickel, okay? Mm-hmm. But at the same token, what you bought from that nickel was insight into the shifting fabric and the community, if we were to step back just a little. And I, I, I really... I'm excited to be living in this time and be able to come to a show like this, which I, mm-hmm. I really wish There is no more. show like this. <laughs> that's the fun exactly. part. Exactly. There is no show like this. Well, that's yeah. it. There, yeah. Well, there is no show like this, I don't think. And here, here's where I make that jump, uh, Greg. There is uh-huh. no show like this in the world. Yeah. Because yeah. what you're saying, what you're saying indirectly in your show is that really we all are one trying to figure out where we want to go. Now that's... Well, I don't think it's that's... indirect. <laughs> I think it's very direct what we say. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. Well, Let me see if well, has a there, question for There you, you. go. Yeah, yes. yeah. Pianchi, do you have a Hollywood question for, for Mario Prado, my very special guest, and my new friend? <laughs> we're, we're, we've been, uh, we met a few months ago and have been talking about all kinds of incredible ideas. It's really pretty special. Pianchi? 
What do you think? Well, you're lucky to come across such an outstanding sounding person. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And and you have to understand that if we could come together and bring your, you know, I, 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 one of the things that I love in, in, in Hollywood, and then my father would, would say to me, he says, Mario, the concepts and ideas are American, yes, but they are all fed from different cultures. There is a, there is a, a, a uh, how should I say, an African saying, and again, I'm saying this from the innocence of an American. And one of the beautiful sayings is, there's only one way up the palm tree to get the coconut. Now, we don't, that statement from that culture at that time is an expression that resonates with anyone, regardless of where they're at. And this is the kind of uh, material that comes to this country, to this make-believe nation of nations, this, this America. Because I can appreciate that statement from that culture and the way they're expressing how to work. There are no shortcuts to the top of the coconut tree, you see. And I think this, is, this, this kind of ideology brought together is refreshing because it brings, it brings ideas in and perspectives that make us better. The, the moment I say that, everyone listening has changed forever. And this is what America is about. And uh, technically, I look at the country as a, as a I would say this, and I, I'm going to be very romantic, because again, I'm from Hollywood. This is where we're brought up. Our country is a lantern. Now, a lantern is useless without light. It's useless. But every culture that comes to this country that's put into this lantern pushes back the shadows, pushes back darkness. And if we can raise this lantern with all those different lights, with that single light, it will push back darkness that will change all of us. And that's what this country's about. That's what this, and I think that there are those that don't like that idea. They don't want us to be together. They want us to keep us off balance so they can manage us. You know, it's and this big tech is just up the road from you guys. Yeah, just, just jump in for a second. But big tech <laughs> is just up the road from you guys in, in San Francisco. So you've got Google, oh, Facebook, tw- Twitter, absolutely. you know, Instagram are, are just south of it. You know, go ahead. Well, okay, here, here, here's the beautiful thing, okay? Uh-huh. I live in the Hollywood Hills. From my, my porch, uh-huh. I can see the Hollywood sign. Uh-huh. I can go seven blocks. I can go seven blocks, and Netflix is right there. The headquarters okay. are there. Okay. To me, the, 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 the power struggle, if you want to call it that, um, is, is right there. I'm right in the middle of it. Hmm. But at the same token, what's so beautiful is this. Your show, when you started, was an idea. Okay? That's what it was, mm-hmm. just an idea. But now that idea has taken form. That idea of yours... It's, has influenced the individuals that come to your show to speak mm-hmm. and have a conversation, not a debate, a conversation. 
And I'll tell oh, you. Oh, Josie and I sometimes get into it. it. Be, <laughs> so, well, yeah. Oh, well, no, 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 no. Well, that's, the, that's the romantic part. There are two sides okay. of every coin, you follow right. me? But uh-huh. the romantic part, from my perspective, is if we can have a conversation, we are very dangerous. Because well, to I have a conversation, that. what? Go ahead. I think I think I think okay. it goes beyond. I think as, as you as you as you get more into action radio, you realize not only are we having conversation, but we're actually writing legislation. Uh, Josie's written there. You a bill. go. Pianchi's written a bill. I think uh, Peggy's written a couple of bills. <clears throat> so we're taking regular people. Not only are we having conversation, right. I think in many ways we're beyond that. Not to take anything away from you and and what you're saying. No, 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 but no, I th- no, no. I think that okay. as this show has actually proposed legislation. You know, recently I proposed a bill um, to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That would fundamentally change everything in this country. Everything. Fantastic. It would be, un- it would be unparalleled it. prosperity for us. It would be a, a change of yep. direction of, of the value of money <clears throat> from the banks and from the government to us. It would be a fundamental change in power. It would be a change in everything. So what we're talking about here really is, is the peaceful revolution and, and having people, just regular people, carry it out on the computer, sending bills in, bill links, things like that. Um, let me get Josie on the well, conversation, you know what? too. I, I, oh, go ahead, I, I, yeah. Go ahead Mario. Uh, yeah, what do you think? I would say this. I, I love what you've just been saying because here, here's how I, I see it. Okay. Mm-hmm. America, <clears throat> I tell you the truth, America, this idea, okay, which we're still trying to figure out where it all fits. When you mm-hmm. said you wrote a bill, okay, and it is a quiet revolution. No. Greg, I think it's a quiet evolution hmm. because we have Tell a me. platform here, okay, right. to be able to evolve, and that's what you've done. You're working with the tools you have, okay, and if you look at the word revolution and you just remove the R, okay, it is now evolution, and what your show is helping us evolve, huh. and that, that right like there, this. from a Hollywood perspective, okay, mm-hmm. Is something that we need to protect mm. and fight with it. Freedom is not given for free. Freedom is a responsibility to protect and to express and educate others of the freedom that they have. Okay, and again, freedom has been used in so many different ways, and I, and sometimes I even hate to use that word. Um, I, I wish we could find another word. Uh, I speak two different languages. Um, and, and there are words that I can use in the Hispanic community, the Spanish community, that go far beyond our American uh, definitions. And this is one of the beautiful things about, about being an American, because you bring that culture. You should, I want you to bring your culture. I want you to bring the experiences that your culture has had that can protect us and enlighten us and give us more spirit. I mean, listen, I, I, I was uh, talking to some of my writer friends, and, and one of them, a new, new writer that came to the roundtable, he says, you know, there's an old Irish saying. Now, I don't know anything about Irish. Before a man is given the Irish saying is. And this is a beautiful thing. He said, an Irish saying says, before you can give a man a weapon, you must learn how to dance. Now, wow. That's interesting. Before a man is given a weapon, he must learn how to dance. Now, if I stayed in South America, I probably would have never heard that term. Uh And this is what hurts me. 
this, I come here, and I am literally overrun by all these experiences of these different cultures. Where, where can you find that? No place. But here. Yeah, but here, exactly. And yeah. so, and so, I don't know it, so myself, to me, yeah, yeah so, so your last two guests, what they were bringing to the table was a perspective of their experience expressed in a fashion that was uniquely theirs from their cultural background. I love it. I can't lose. I cannot lose. Because at every turn, every concept, every idea that I have, mm-hmm. your two guests have given it more value because it's expressed slightly different and it brings more, how should I say, more influence than we can imagine. And, and, wow. I, and, and this is why I think that uh, I came to your show through another guest of yours, uh, Juliet Ramos, mm-hmm. okay, who I, had, who I had met through Facebook and, and some of the things that she had, and, and, and I was just beginning to write The Falcon. And I said, you know what? What she's saying is so important. I need, I need to have that kind of perspective in my story. And so, um, you know, we met. And she told me about you, and yep. here we are. Yeah, and, yeah, it's fascinating. This is, this is that, serendipity at its best. <laughs> you know, just like at its uh, best, or, or divine absolutely. providence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? Okay, hey, I, I have a friend of mine. That, yeah, yes, hold, hold on, Maria, because Jesse might have to leave soon, so I want to make sure she gets a comment. Yeah, Jesse, I have go ahead. to. I have to go mess up my living here. I have to go open my store. Mario, okay. I wanted for you to see my uh, story on GeorgeOnline.com. Yes. Uh, my story yes. Uh, when I came from Nicaragua 50 years ago. It's a little bit touchy, but um, I would like to share that with you. Absolutely. GeorgeOnline.com. Okay. All right. I got it. It's a magazine that uh, JFK Jr. had, and it's back again. So I'm on the first issue of GeorgeOnline.com. And look under faith, because I'm a missionary Christian woman for Jesus. I'm an ambassador for him. Okay. um, You guys really... I would oh, say, as an you. ambassador, yeah, as, as an ambassador, we, we desperately need to get our spiritual leaders to yes. to help us. They they really do. And and uh, you know what? Um, I am I am uh, I would say I'm more of a spiritualist than a religious person, but it doesn't change <laughs> to me the mm-hmm. the message. And that uh, you know, without spirit. You know, there is, there is nothing, and we need that spirit. We really, really do. Um, I, I really, I, I definitely will I'll look you up <clears throat> because there's a story in each one of us. You know, I, it, there is marvelous stories. But uh, I'll let you go because you've got to make your daily bread, no pun intended. Um, uh, I am so glad that I was introduced to, to you and just listening to you, and, and I, I, it, to me it puts, puts hope that with that kind of spiritual um, awakening, we definitely need it here um, in this country. You know, without that, uh, we've got some real problems. And uh, I, I hope to address a little bit of that in my, in my feature film, The Pelican. God, so, God bless you. Thank you for coming to Rick's show. 
Action Radio. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being you. All right. I'll let you go. Que Dios lo bendiga. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Portese bien. Cuídese, ¿no? I love it when she talks to Okay. <laughs> well, I've been trying to encourage Joseph to do a, a Spanish language action radio show, maybe like on a Saturday or something like that, you know, on Blog Talk. Well, see, there's, and, you see, you, you see there, there you go, Greg. This is what I mean. This is the American spirit, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that is what's critical in, every, in, in, in what, it, what you bring here to this country. You, without, without, any, without any misgiving, you said, you know what, there should be a Spanish, uh, a Spanish show, a Spanish version. Mm-hmm. And and you know what you you may not understand Spanish, but you understand that it has value, and you immediately say well, that we should have that. You see, now this to me is typically American. Hmm. Whatever it is, it even is though I'm Canadian by birth, stand, I don't. There <laughs> you go. Even too. if you're Canadian, yeah. Th- yeah. there you go. There you, yeah. Okay. So to me, that right there, and to all your listeners that are listening, this is what it is to be American. We're not afraid. If anything, we're, we're, we're celebrating and moving together this, this beautiful explosion of life and culture and ideas, you know, this, this, is, this is what it is. And, and this is one of the things that, I, that when I was in South America going through that, that life experience I had, you know, that my father sent me on, um, it has, when I came back, just like your guest had said, you know, I took my daughter on this, this travel now, you know, how should I say this? You can read everything you wish, but experience will trump it. Experience will trump it. And I think that is what is needed. And if I were king, I, I use that term jokingly, if you don't go into the military, you'll have to spend one year outside the country, mm-hmm. and then you're allowed to come back. If you, if you do not believe in, in our military system, which is fine, you must leave this country and then come back. And I tell you, what, what happened to her daughter was so eye-opening. There's, there's experiences that, that would take volumes to try to express. And as an American, I think we have a responsibility to go and visit our own culture within that, how should I say, that, that part of the world, Really experience it. I don't mean living in the hotels and the five stars, living with the people for one year and coming back. And I'll tell you, that would, that would make this country unbelievably powerful. You know, it won't put up the kind of things that are happening. Well, what if we, you know, I'm thinking that'd be a great bill uh, if you want to write that because there, there, we could have a grant program well, for that. We could have it as a college I, credit. It'd be your year abroad. Absolutely. You could actually incorporate absolutely. that see, in. There, there, okay. Um, you see, Greg, there again – there again, mm-hmm. what you're trying to do as an American mm-hmm. is offer it but create a structure mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I think this is what this Most country my mind is works. all about. <laughs> you there you know, go. I mean, the minute but you, that mind you, you of yours, like, okay, okay, well, how do we do that? I mean, that's just how – that's my ADHD go. brain on overdrive. It's like, okay, well, let's have a grant program. Well, let's, there uh, you go. Let's create a no, – uh, let's make uh, student loans every, you it, know, it, contingent on a, a year abroad program. I mean, we could do it. It would be very interesting, actually. Yeah. Like uh, well, regardless of yeah, regardless, mm-hmm. it would be an elective that would only offer to every single. I don't care if you want to be a veterinarian. I don't care if you mm-hmm. want to be a, a a an agricultural person. I would love to to initiate that. 
because I'll tell you the truth, that impact on that individual with that experience is, is, is so precious to this country. It's not, not funny. Or to any country. Yeah. You know, There's a way uh, to do it, too, I just, I, I just I, thought I, of. Or here, here's Action okay, Radio and Action. Go ahead. Um, the military yeah, has yeah. a GI Bill. So people that serve in the military uh, get their college paid for. Uh, you could do something like this with the Peace Corps as well and, and other volunteer organizations where people could serve in the Peace Corps yeah. for a couple of years and they would, they would also have their college paid for. I, w- I would think that would make sense. So anytime people are serving I would think you so. know, two years, uh, but you could write that bill and, 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 put, and post Absolutely. it to writeyourloss.com. You know, it wouldn't be hard to figure out Absolutely. how you want to do it. Maybe get some Hollywood folks behind it who say, yeah, let's do that. Let's have you know, uh, Peace Corps free college kind of thing. But mostly just, we're not doing it for the free college, although people sign up for that. But what, what they don't know is the experience they'll get working two years in a foreign country, specifically one that doesn't well, have running water, for example. You know, and well, so there this, you go. This, there you go. this is there. a good idea. This is a good plan. Yeah, I like I, it. I think, I, well, here again, everyone, mm-hmm. uh, I, I am sure a lot of your listeners watched the, the film uh, Karate Kid, the first one. Oh, the kid, black son, black son. Yeah, there you go. Black okay, son, black son. Now here, good. Here, Sorry. I do appreciate the fun. No, 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 no. I, I think, mm-hmm. but what it does is it resonates with all your, all your listeners, is mm-hmm. that the boy, which is us, did not understand the simple act of brushing on and brushing off was the very mm-hmm. thing that saved his life. Mm-hmm. So again, the misdirect, which, which we use in our term, the misdirect is actually the lesson that will be realized, okay, mm-hmm. at some time in their life. Oh, that's my so favorite a lot scene of times, film. you know, you know that's, that's such, a, such well, an amazing you, you scene. Well, after he does the wax on, wax off and paints the fence and all the other yes. stuff. And he says, let me play. What do you mean we work all the time? I haven't learned any karate yet. Let me show you a lesson begin, you know, and it's, it's, it's perfect, it's you know. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. see, there, 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 there is where I think uh, many of the, uh, how should I say, naysayers of the mm-hmm. Hollywood industry, which is fine. I enjoy them. I, you know, I, I really enjoy when someone comes up to me and says, oh, you, you belong to the Hollywood culture. You're this, that, and the other thing. And I said, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, you're absolutely right. And, I, and that's, that's, they have all that right. I said, great. Then why don't you come on in and make some films that you think uh, – would change the balance. I have the tool. You know, I have all the tools. <clears throat> so, you know, come on in. The water's fine. And so that's something that people that don't know. How accessible is Hollywood? So the person that's dreaming of writing a screenplay or the person that wants to be an actor or the person that wants to be a producer or a director, and they think, ah, there's no chance I can do this. There's no way I can do this. How, what is the path that people can actually follow to, to get to Hollywood well, let's, and live let's out put their it dreams? This way. Let, let, mm-hmm. uh, well, let's put it this way. Um, how should I put this? One of, the, one of the things that I've seen, now you have to understand, let's, let's talk a little bit about where I come from. I'm, I'm what they call a line producer. Okay. Now a line producer is an individual who will take an idea. Now when I say, that, when I say an idea, it has to be in a form, okay, something that, that I can turn pages, okay? Mm-hmm. There's the old saying, it doesn't get on the stage until it's on the page. That is so mm-hmm. true. Okay, mm-hmm. it's so true. So let's, let's take... Um, our guest. So let's take let's take Bill. Okay? okay. Bill wants to he wants to express an idea. All right. So there's about twelve different ways he can do it. Um, 
One is to start a podcast, talk about mm-hmm. it, get guests in, just like you're doing, okay? Mm-hmm. And what it, what, it, what it does, it, it, it creates this vortex, this, this vacuum that has to be filled, okay? So he writes down this idea, and he says, well, how am I going to do this? Should I do this as a comic book? Should I do this as a play? Should I do this as a book? Uh, should I do this as a podcast? Should I do like a radio drama? Now, this is where it really gets exciting mm-hmm. because what he has to do is step back from that idea and says, where is my core group that would be interested in this idea and how can I collect them together? One of the first things that, you, that one has to realize is that any idea can't be done by yourself. Now, what that means is that now you need to find individuals that have their own interests at heart but can offer strength to your idea. Mm-hmm. Now, so what does that mean? Now, this is, again, what I'm talking about really in, in, in this, this little scenario, Greg, is also about this country. I have an idea. Great. Well, I'm going to need somebody to light the stage. I'm going to need somebody to have the audio in. I'm going to need somebody to do costumes. I'm going to need somebody that can build props. I'm going to need somebody to feed these people. I'm going to need somebody to help. And what's happening is that you're collecting and, mm-hmm. and creating a machine, a machine. Mm-hmm. And, and Hollywood is just that. It's a machine. It's there for anyone to use. Now, yes, you have to be clever. Yes, yes, you need to find, dare I say, in my, my case, of my story, people like you. Now, I, I've been fortunate enough, like you had said earlier in, in the program, it, it really is a miracle. But it could only happen here in this country, uh-huh. under these conditions. So in a way, this is the worst of times for this country, and yet at the same moment, the same breath, it's the best of times because what's coming out of the woodwork, okay, of this pressure that's being put on the community, individuals that are standing up and saying, wait a minute, this, isn't, this is not the direction we need to go, and we need to go that way instead of this uh-huh. way. And your show, like you said, It's more than just observing. It's actually taking action. And uh, when I first met you uh, through uh, Juliet, she's listening. Why don't you ride along? (laughs) She's happily enjoying our chat here. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Is she online? No, she's not online. Juliet, if you want to call in, feel free. So, absolutely, (laughs) because it's it's you know if I can blame anyone, I can blame her. Okay. That's her fault. Um, to be able, yes, to be able to have this. So, <laughs> so when I when I started to to write the Falcon, which was back in 2013, I was by myself. I didn't have anything. I, you know, all I had was a napkin, and I wrote on it. Now mm-hmm. I will say this: um, in in this particular story, the Falcon, it takes place in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. All right, which obviously is part of the storyline. It houses the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Now, what, what was beautiful is that I thought, and this is where, again, this is so beautiful, Greg, I left Hollywood and I went to Philadelphia, and I failed. Oh, my God, I failed miserably when I tried to bring them and tell them about the idea that I wanted to do. I, I, it, was, it, was, it, was, it crushed me. So I went back. I came back to Hollywood. I failed, and I they said, "Oh my God, this is." Well, did you fail, or did you just have to regroup and take another path? 
I mean, I've probably failed at action radio go. several times. There, 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 there you go. There's the key. I went to my mentors. I said, mm-hmm. what did I do wrong? He said, what, Mario, what you did wrong is you didn't understand what you have. You didn't understand it. You didn't know how to hmm. express it. You didn't know how to say it. So I, I didn't take that as a negative. I took it as, okay, just exactly what you said, Greg, just exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Okay? I had to regroup. So I did a little research, which we all need to do, on mm-hmm. anything. I don't care what it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, went, I went and regrouped, and, and I went back again the following six months. I went back again, and I got the attention that I needed, okay? Mm-hmm. And now my friends in Hollywood here, they said, Mario, this idea is great. You could, you could do it here. We can do it in green screen. We can build the sets and the whole bit, but there was something missing that I wanted have in the story that they didn't see because they, did, they had never traveled to Philadelphia the way that I did. Now, again, it's the same idea. You don't go to a city and stay at the hotels. You've got to go to the city and live with the people. And that's exactly what I did. The first time I went to the hotels, okay, I stayed in there. I set up my meetings. I failed miserably. I went back, I, you know, talked to my mentors, and then they said, Mario, you, you can't do it that way. You've got to go and live with the people. Listen to them. Listen to what it is that's burning their, describing their ass, pardon my French, okay? (laughs) And then introduce the idea. So the Falcon is a simple story. What if the very night after the signing of the Constitution, five of our forefathers realized that any system can be corrupted? Any system. And I'm talking any system. I don't care if it's religious. Uh, uh, we won't even go in there. I don't care what it is. It can be corrupted. Mm-hmm. So they wrote another document, and this document they call the Falcon Act. Okay. Now I said the Falcon because it, it's a bird of prey. It's uh, it has its uh, how should I say it's uh, how should I say it? what what it, what do they call it, there, Greg? When it has its um, expressions, you know, it, what, is, what is the term I'm trying to use? Um, uh, vernacular comes to my mind. I think that's what... Yeah, it has a vernacular like the eagle, you know, and a turkey. Oh, euphemism. You think of a euphemism. Euphemism. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Okay, so it has this euphemism. So I said, okay, the Falcon Act. What it was was a, a document that every four or five years it would be pulled out by a trust company, mm-hmm. and they would compare the state of the country to the Constitution every five years. Now, there were five questions, which, by the way, I want your audience to understand that you and your people, your, your group, helped me have, create. I just came up with the idea. I said five questions. I mean, it could have been seven. It could have been three. But, I, you know, I like the number five. So I said five. In my story, I had not mm-hmm. put any structure. It was just the idea. All right. Mm-hmm. But these five questions would, would regulate over the last 300 years sometimes these five questions. If these five questions were fulfilled, the Constitution would be in jeopardy. The country would literally be in jeopardy. So these trust, trustees for the last 240 years, they would bring this document out every four or five years and they compare the nation and the, the, the situation, the Constitution, based on that nation. Sometimes it would be three questions would be fulfilled, sometimes two, one time one. 
But back finally in 2020, all five of them were fulfilled. Now, these, these five questions were questions of jeopardy to the Constitution, and it happened. In 2020, yep. these five questions were answered. Now, when I presented this to my contacts in Philadelphia, they said, is there really a document like that? <laughs> is there really a fail We're not going to tell. We're not going to tell. No, we're not going <laughs> to yeah. tell. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so they said, well, what, what, what happened? I got it. They were hooked. Mm-hmm. They said, what would happen? So I said, if I say this is a political story, everyone's going to put up their walls. Okay? The Republicans, the Democrats, the Green, the tree They won't see the politics. The, they won't see anything else. They won't that, see the story. That, all see they the see is the politics. All they see okay. And again, at, at this moment, I'll go, I'll go back to, to the Karate Kid. All they see is brushing on and brushing off. They don't see any point to it. They don't see any point to it. So I said, okay, oh, I, I can't say uh, that. That's Julia's dog. Who's that? Let me mute her for just a second. She can take out that little bit Julia's dog. Yeah, yeah. So Julia's on the line. Oh, wait. We get, hey, listen, we get birds calling in when I talk to Alan in uh, Belize. So, you know, I'm, I'm used to oh sound effects. But, yeah. I'll give her a minute to, to move the dog, and it'll bring her back live. But, yeah. So tell me more. See, the plot is yes. fascinating. See, see what, what, I, what I really am learning from you. Is, is how to do this, how to introduce the story, but not too much. In other words, what to say, what not exactly. to say. Exactly. You know, I know more than I can say, exactly. and I, it, which is kind of cool, but I'm always I'm being really careful, and this is why this is your this is your ballpark, not my ballpark. So I need to play well, in your ballpark is, well, and learn how it works. Yeah, this, exactly. This, this is part of it. Look, mm-hmm. my, when, I went, okay, when I came back to South America, I said, Dad, I want to get into the entertainment industry. He says, mm-hmm. okay, great. So then I went back and I said, okay, which, in, in which part of the industry is, is a economically, uh, how should I say, protected? He says, none of them. <laughs> okay. That's good advice, yeah. Uh, I, said, I said, well, what, which one would be the closest to being economically solid? He said, lighting. And I said, lighting? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm curious. Well, about said, back he right. says, Julius, says, Julius live too, how, so when how, she how, wants to join in, so we'll let her just jump in when she oh, wants to. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. But, Julia, but back good to morning, light. young lady. Good morning. Are you there? Lighting. Julia? He says, okay. is she there? Okay. She might have muted well, herself with the dog. We'll, we'll, she, yeah, her line's live. I'll, I'll tell her again. Okay. I'll tell her again All in a right, minute. All right, sounds good. So back to lighting. So the bottom line is, yes, without light, there's nothing. You can have the best cameras, the best actors, the best wardrobes, the best locations, but without uh-huh. light, it got zero. Huh. So I, I took my dad on my word. I took a risk, which is another thing that is unique. Well, that's pretty smart. We, we, you we told me about your dad, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with. So, I mean, I, w- I would definitely Oh, my God. He, I, you know, I didn't realize how much the old man knew. I, I really, you know, and this happens in every culture. Uh-huh. This happens in every generation. This is something that could be shared across all cultures, Okay. Mm-hmm. Your dad, he may not be the brightest bulb on the planet, but the best thing he did was have you. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that whatever he knew, he shared with you and it had insight. It had mm-hmm. insight that's unbelievable. So anyway, I, I studied lighting. And, uh, and, and at the end of the day, I ended up working and in the industry, learning, listening, watching, seeing how they solve problems, Again, it's just similar to the Karate Kid, brush on, brush off. I'm just doing lighting. I'm just doing lighting. But I'm being exposed to these elements that work well with lighting and so on and so forth. So at the end of the day, I ended up that. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about an idea, 
especially in this country. Now, I don't know how it works in other countries, and I'm sure some of your listeners could bring some uh, some insight. We have a lot me, of international listeners. You know, we're growing, especially in the English-speaking <clears throat> world. Australia, Canada, and England are, are going crazy, but we're heard in, in weird places. You know, South Korea, really? uh, Iceland, <laughs> you know, oh um, my God. Chile, you know, we're heard all over the world. Uh, Turkey, I you know, uh, we're heard in uh, Scotland. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating, uh, fascinating place. Now, we're overtime. We're in, we're in overtime right now, which is fine. We, we have an oh, extra okay. hour okay. Uh, per block talk, so we're not restricted on time. Sure? Uh, uh, trust me, okay. I'm sure. Okay. So, Julia, sure. when you want to join I, us, yeah. like I say, we'll get Julia to join hi, us as hi, well. Hi. There we go. There she is. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How so, are my <clears throat> favorite gentlemen? Wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Out of all the Hello, world, Star. Of all the gin joints and bars in the world, she had to come to ours. I love that. Yeah, look what happened. She got us together, and, and here we are. Yeah. This is fascinating. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Hollywood it's Star. <laughs> it's your fault, yes. Juliet. Yeah. There you go. Where for our well, well, one of the things one of the, one of the things is that very often when an idea is spawned in Hollywood, it takes mm-hmm. its own path. It takes its own natural path. And so uh, when I wrote this story, I wrote the, the, the concept back in 2013 because I felt that there was something happening in our country, and I was worried about it. Um, and so I wrote that, what if there was a document that protected the Constitution? And everybody was saying to me, a lot of people were saying, is there really a document like that? Is there mm-hmm. really something that... The, the forefathers, because they could see the logic now, especially looking back, they could see the logic. There should be another document to do that. And I, and I, and, and I, and I was, when I, t- when I met it's a great Ju- concept. Uh, Juliet, through, I love it. Uh, well, yeah. the, I, when I met Juliet through another individual, this is the beautiful thing about this, this country. And, and I think any country actually, but this mm-hmm. one, especially is that I was introduced by another individual to her because of, of not only the, the concept, the challenge that was happening, there was parallel ideas happening here. And right. when I met her, I said, oh, you, I, you know, you've got to be in this project. Anyway, long story short, at the end of the day, this story is about redefining what it is to be in this country. And it takes different forms. And Juliet then introduced me to you and your people, and I challenged you. I said to you, I mean, uh, this was like, what, almost three, four weeks ago? I oh, challenged you. Oh, the questions? Okay, great. Yeah. Yes. When I, when you we wrote, we wrote them right I then said, and there. Well, it, was, it was fascinating. We just, we just cranked them it, out. <laughs> it, 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 well, yeah. And, yeah. We just, and, 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 and I'll tell you, that has given so much more security to the story. It's unbelievable. I'm not going to share wow. that. I don't know if I should share that with the audience now because that's don't share what the questions yet. navigates no, we'll, my we'll, characters. We'll, We'll keep them guessing, but um, I sent you a new yes. one on, one on one of them, which I think is an improvement. So, oh, yes, uh, I updated it. I, uh, okay, I updated good. it. I updated okay. it. So that was, that was number five that we updated. <clears throat> and, I, and I don't want to frustrate your listeners because um, – I do. They're, 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 we're, we're so open all the time. <laughs> this is the first time we've had a real mystery going on, so I, I definitely want to frustrate our listeners. <laughs> well, Sorry well, about that. Okay, so here's what's, here, here's what's happening. So at that moment, uh, mm-hmm. Greg, and you were very surprised, I said, okay, well, then I'm putting you on the payroll yeah. as a consultant for this Thank project. You. Okay. And the team that you're bringing aboard have to get something. You have to understand that in my world, you come with experience, and that experience, regardless of whatever it is, has a value. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, 
in, in, that, in that sense, that value, that number of years of experience and conversation has to be respected. And unfortunately, right now, the only way I can do that is by paying. Okay? So I'm putting together the budget right now, and I have to include that. Because what you're bringing to me and, and what you and, and Juliet have brought, uh, brought is, is stability in being able to talk to the money people okay, mm-hmm. uh, the value of this. Now, these are what we call investors. Now, in, in my world, we deal with investors every day. But there's three kinds of investors that I've found, and uh, they, they follow along this line. There's the first in kind of investor, and there's no, there's no order in this. Every investor has a little bit of this in them. Number mm-hmm. one, they want bragging rights. <laughs> I'm part of this project. I'm the one that brought it here. I'm the one that made it happen. That's, that's, a, that's one of them, okay? The second one says, hey, you know what, Mario? That's a pretty good little idea. I could make money from this. Okay, I'm in, okay? Mm-hmm. And the third investor, a rare investor, but usually it's the very first one you run into. It's what we call an angel investor. He says, I believe in the idea. Mario, run with it. Here's your check. I believe in the idea. So every investor has any, to a certain percentage, one of the three, if not all the three, in their, uh, how should I say, in their, in, in their back pocket, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. When I took what I learned from Juliet, what I took, what I learned from you and your team, and I formulated that into the story, it has taken uh, the interest level from like zero to 100%. I have yet to run into someone that says, Mario, this idea is terrible. This hmm. idea won't work. Okay? Because I ran into that when I started Action Radio. I had a lot of people say, you, well, you can't do this. It's never going to work. I'm like, exactly, yeah, great. Thank you. Exactly. Appreciate the encouragement. Exactly. <laughs> Wait and see. <laughs> I'll show you. But this is the opposite. This, yeah. this is the opposite. I'm getting yeah. everybody from both sides of the aisle, okay, mm-hmm. from every particular uh, uh, spiritual leader group, okay, that I've presented the idea, because I'm looking for pushback. I'm actually looking for pushback, and I'm not getting any. And this That's is what, what, what surprises yeah. me, because I'll go to, I'll, I'll go to a, a, a religious group and say, what, you know, what if mm-hmm. our forefathers in this country had this document and it came to the surface? They said, yes, yes, we need somebody. And so I was so scared. I would literally, Greg, Juliet, I was scared. I said, this is, there's something wrong here. Because, you know, every no, idea you've, you've, you've tapped into something because people are looking for a way out of this current situation. They know something's wrong, just like you said before. They know something's wrong. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. people are asking, you know, patriots all over of this country are asking, what can I do? Uh, in fact, I may want to actually talk to one of your investors sometime who believes in this concept. It's not a Hollywood thing. It's not a movie right. thing, but it's, it's, it's our, basically our, our way to empower people in ways that they never thought possible. Um, so anybody that wants to support Action Radio, feel free. <laughs> we could uh, definitely use some, well, uh, some help. Well, see, but go let's, ahead, get Juliet, to, uh, go let's get to Juliet yeah. here. What's your, how did you get started in this, Juliet? What's your... Uh, How'd you, how'd you get us all no, together? What, it, What's your story? What, what, Mario, what Mario said stands as true. Um, you know, it was definitely fate. Everything fell into place, and 
you know, it was just beautiful blessings and magic and all the line or all the stars and the planets and everything was in a line in alignment and um we're ready to make some magic. And I think what uh Mario said is definitely there's an awakening of people happening, um because they're not okay with the way things are being ran and people are ready to speak up and they're ready to use their voice. And um, our constitution was designed to protect us from the government, you know, and for anybody to think that it's okay to disrespect our forefathers and violate our constitutional rights is just this this whole experience, my personal experience and my experience working in the Falcon Project, you know, it, it has opened my eyes to um, to reality because what I thought was reality was not reality, <laughs> you know, because it was it – was Well, you what, know what, I, you know, Juliet, yeah, actually, Juliet, she's, she really hit it on the head, Greg, because here's the thing. The things uh-huh. that are happening on the surface, okay, are only – how should I say, indications of a deeper problem, okay? And I think that's what, what happened with Juliet. When she, when she expressed her concerns of what was happening and the, and the challenge that she was going through, and I had listened to it, and I said, well, it's because if we have a deeper problem. And the falcon is going to, trying to reach to the core of what it is that these, uh, how should I say, these symptoms, these, these symptoms that are happening in our education, in our, in our belief system to each other, there's a definite core that's being shaken. And I, and I have to agree with both of you that when I expressed this idea, they themselves saw that I was going to the core. Now, they may not have been able to identify it in that moment, mm-hmm. but they said, Mario, if there is an idea, if there is something to protect the Constitution, that expresses five questions, which, I, which they've told me I want to hear what those questions are, and I didn't have an answer. I really didn't <laughs> just put the number out there. And it was, it was Juliet that introduced me to, well, you know what, Mario? I know someone that might be able to help you. This is American. Yeah. This is the very reason we are. Thanks, Juliet. We are. Appreciate it. Okay? <laughs> Good call. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so when, when, when I threw the gauntlet down in front of you, Greg, and you said, well, look, uh, I, have to, I have to talk to my people. But right off the bat, and we, in that evening, in that, and that, what, was an hour and a half of conversation we had, you put together the five most beautiful questions that undeniably, undeniably have no, how should they say, have no bent to, to uh, misdirect the original concept or the theory that the forefathers had. Now, mm-hmm. I know that uh, a lot of your audience are probably chomping on the bit because they want to know <laughs> what these five questions are. Okay? Yeah, but, but look at it this someday. Is what, this, is what make, this is what makes drama drama. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is what storytelling mm-hmm. is about. You know? And this is what bringing a real-time uh, perspective to what's going on in this country right now. Are we in trouble? Yes. Why we're in trouble? I don't know, but something's wrong. That's mm-hmm. enough for me. Because right there, I can mm-hmm. create a what-if story. A what-if, okay? My, my, one of my mentors uh, said, Mario, you can't use the word fairy tale. 
okay? Uh, and I said, why not? Because a fairy tale is completely out of context to what you're trying to do. But you well, need like a to metaphor. say, yeah. it's a metaphor, right. Yeah. And some people, yeah. it's a little too far out. But if I say to them, what if I tell you a what-if story? What if I know I'll get the attention of everyone in the room? Mm-hmm. Everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't care where they're coming from. I don't care what they believe is right or wrong. I could say, what if? That mm-hmm. opens a, a, a level playing field. And I'll tell you, I have run into people that are staunch red, staunch blue, and they said, Mario, bring it on. Bring that story on. I want to know what your characters are going to do. And you know what? Those characters are us. Yeah. My five heroes, one is an evangelist, one's a politician, one's a teacher, one's a mechanic, okay? These are real people that we have all, in one fashion of our life, run across. And if I can bring those five together with the five uh, elements of the concept of the, of the falcon, then you've got an audience, an audience that wants to know. They want something that they can at least sink their teeth into. I have nothing against conspiracy theories. I believe conspiracy theories are also a form of misdirect that is happening to our country. I mean, all these different theories to undermine the Constitution? Are you kidding me? Then that means the Constitution has to mm-hmm. be You see? Mm-hmm. And that makes it that much more important. It really, really does. So, that being said, Greg, uh, where do you want to go from here? Because I, 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 I don't want to... I, I don't no, want I think to we're done. It's frustrating. Let's just. Thank you for being on the you. show. Okay. This is this is fun. No, so well, it's I, just, uh, I have to. You know. I have to thank Juliet because uh-huh. she she Me really thank she you, really brought something. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh-huh. uh, and 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 I love that. I, I tell you the truth. Uh, so so here's what's happening. In the next week, I would like to come back if you don't mind, Greg. No, nope, um, never. I I got I got so many I got so many hits from my first visit to Philadelphia on my website, mm-hmm. and it crashed. So I had to rebuild the whole damn thing. Wow. Uh, it, it, was, it, it just got so inundated, it was not funny. And, Why don't you come back next and week, so same time? I had to... How about next okay, week, same time? You want to do that? Yeah, I'll put next you down right week, now. Uh, all right, can we, can we do that? And then I can yep. definitely, by then, the, uh, the website should be up. And uh, what I'd like to do then is, is have you examine it, tear it apart, rebuild okay. it. One of, the, one of the beautiful things that I did learn in my industry is that I may have an idea, but that idea is not cut in stone. And Juliet is definitely, uh, I should say, a part of that. We had a conversation on her character and what was going to happen, and she had mentioned to me, she said, well, I, I really don't like the direction that character can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought about it, and I agreed, and we made the modifications on that character but what it does, it, it actually helped us move closer to a better character. And so, you know, sometimes a mistake is the best thing that can happen, you know? Oh, that's uh, for we, sure. We should, em- <laughs> we, should, we should embrace those things. No, as yeah. Americans, as we're told, mistake, oh, no, don't make a mistake. Yeah. We no, have to uh, make mistakes. If you have an open you mind, know? it's not a mistake. It's, it, you know. And I want to find out from Julia, too. Uh, Julia, excuse me, if you have a couple minutes before, Mari, if you, if you stick around for a few more minutes. Um, I, I how do you get from around. a. Sure. Okay, good. How do you, Julia, how do you get from a person to a character in a movie? Not, not the physical means, but mentally, how do you do that? How do you become a character? And how does that fit into a movie? 
Um, I think for me, I mean, I have real life experience and I won't get into that, but it's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's something that you already have an emotional attachment to. So when I have to read from, you know, that, that character, it's actually a piece of me that already exists. So okay. it's like I'm tapping into I, am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Okay, so so in our world, in the Hollywood industry, there are actors and there's performers. Okay? Mm. Um, I have found in my experience, and this is no negativity to any of the people that are listening who have been brought up in a different environment. I have found that a theatrical person from the stage has a better ability to morph into the character than those who have been brought up in a different environment. Now, here is exactly it. When I choose my characters, I choose them because of their life experience. We're all actors. Greg, you're an actor. You are really are an actor. The only yeah. difference, the only difference, Greg, is that you haven't studied, okay, what makes you you. And this is a lot of what happens in my industry, okay? Hmm. The very, the very fact that you can, look, let's, let's take this test. When you stand in front of an officer, you're going to perform differently. When you stand in front of your mom or your dad, you're going to perform differently. When you stand in front of your lover or your best friend, you are differently. You are performing. You are acting, okay? Now, acting sometimes in certain circles, they say it's a bad thing. No, 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 no. It is an opportunity for you to observe yourself. And this is probably one of the key things that I have said. When you observe yourself, you take yourself out and watch yourself, you see how people may just be able to see you the way they think you should be. So, so this, this, uh, this concept, and when I, when I first approached Juliet and she told me her challenges, I said, these are the elements that I want in this character. This is the frustration. This is the anger, the strength, the weakness. This is what I want because it's real. And it is real. It is very real. You see? Now, a lot of my, my Hollywood, uh, how should I say, peers, they get caught up in these illusions and they have to know the difference. And this is the challenge they have. Right. You see? This is the challenge mm-hmm. they have. And they go through these, these uh, how should I say, these, they evolve. Now, some evolve mm-hmm. to the dark side, for, for those who you know, know about the dark side, and they, some of them move to the light. You know, and, and, and in my case, I am looking for those weaknesses and strengths because we each, how should I say, share. We're all part of the same piece. of We're, we're all in the same ship, you guys. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. what you bring to the table is, is unbelievable. I learn from everyone. And one of the beautiful things about my industry, as much as a lot of people have this opinion of why the industry, our industry, the entertainment industry, uses every profession known to man. Our mm-hmm. industry uses every profession. We cannot operate without the cook, the driver, the electrician, the plumber, the builder. We cannot operate without those skills. And so when I walk through a set and I see all these individuals who are champions in their art working together to create an idea, to me that's an example of what this country is. America is on stage and we're building a performance. 
a performance that everyone can share, everyone can be a part of, everyone can experience the result. And if the Falcon can give that to, to this country and this people, then I've done my job. I've done my job. And we desperately need at least an idea that we can have a conversation on. This what-if story, I think, is part of that. It's dangerous, and I call those characters the black hats. The black hats don't want this idea to get out. They are so, they are so dedicated to their view of where they think we should be that they will do anything in my story to stop them from completing their mission. And this is the exciting part that most people say, my God, well then, how does it happen? What, what do the heroes do? Who do they work with? How does it work? I have a beautiful story about us right now in this kind of what-if story. It's, is it political? Some are going to say that. We have a management system that's killing us. We have a management system that's killing us, and we need to get up and fix that management system. And we as individuals, through things that you're doing, Greg, mm-hmm. and, and the efforts that you're doing, Juliet, are exactly what is necessary right now. And if I can get the Falcon off the ground, be able to get it into flight, when they leave that theater, they're going to be empowered to understand where they stand. I'm not here to give you the answers. That's not the point of the Falcon. The Falcon's point is, this is where you are. What are you going to do about it? What Mm -hmm. are you going to do about it? Everyone points fingers at these groups. Well, whose fault is it? You know what? In all reality, it's our fault. We didn't do our homework, and we're paying deeply for it. It's time to do our homework. And the five questions that Greg and his team, through Juliet, have given me, has, has empowered this story beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, these questions are questions that we ask ourselves. They're not telling us what we should think or not think. They're inviting us to participate in our own future. Now, what is wrong with that? What is wrong with that? Nothing. Well, I don't care if you're a religious leader. I don't care if you're a mechanic or a social worker or an evangelist or a politician these five questions actually make your life worthwhile. And that's what this is all about. Is your life worthwhile? I think it could be. Your let's leave it at that. Let's leave them guessing from here on. And we're going to be back next week for sort of an update. In fact, like I say, you can come on. And okay. I think people will be interested in how a movie evolves. You know, as you can tell people. Well, they, you we know, can now certainly, I have no problem know. with that. The more yeah. they understand how it works... Uh-huh. the more they can believe and, and bring those ideas to the screen. Yeah, and you can bring I, a guest. I, there you is can bring a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, if you want to bring writers on, for example, or, or if you want to bring a lighting person on, you know, if you want to bring, uh, you know, uh, a, a grip. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but I see it on the press. <laughs> so all of us out here that don't know what I these things it. are, be fascinating. I, I, I love it when you talk dirty, Greg. I, I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> <laughs> a grip. Is that the expression where okay. get a grip came from? Is that where that came from? Yeah, well, I, I, you know what? I didn't do the uh, – I have to go back to my research team on that. The etymology? I, I think yeah. the word grip was probably uh, before the entertainment industry started, but they used it oh. because it had uh, a certain reality to it you know okay when when people when people say to me mario you're a line producer what the heck is a line producer 
Well, a line producer is exactly literally that. I'm on the line between the producers and the crew, mm. okay? I, my, I, I, I cannot pick any sides. My job is to get the project done. Now, sometimes mm-hmm. the producers themselves get in the way of their own idea, and I have to be prepared to throw them under the bus. Yeah, know when to stop. Uh, I'll tell it's you like this, a sculptor. That, yeah. Sculptors have to know when exactly. to stop. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so as a line yeah. producer, yeah, my yeah. job is to, to balance these two powerful groups, the crew and, and, and the producers. And, I, and I'll tell you this one quick story, and then, and then I'm done. Okay. I was invited uh, to this project, yeah. This, uh-huh. yeah, this, this $5 million project, and uh, I read the script, and I looked at their budget, and it was good. You know, a bit. Mm-hmm. So I went back to the meeting, and they said, so what do you think? Can $5 million do it? I said, if we do it for $6 million, we've got it covered. And they said, mm-hmm. no, 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 we, we only have $5 million. I said, no, uh, you, you have to have $6 million. That's the whole thing. And they said, well, well, what's the extra million for? And I said to them, quite honestly, the extra million is to protect the first five. That's his job. And they said, well, oh. no, 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 I don't understand. I don't understand. Why, why this extra million for the first five? Because I said, your script doesn't allow for the things that will happen on your project that you're not aware of. Right. The unintended one consequences. Day, one day of the, bad weather. The what weather. if. Yeah. Yes, the what if. One day of bad weather can throw a quarter million dollars down the tube. One day, hmm. wow. you need that protection. You lose an actor. You don't get a permit. The weather is bad. The power is out. There are a million and one things that can happen on a project. Hmm. This is a risky business. Trust me. This is not something like a walk in the park. This is a risky business by, by no stretch of the imagination. And mm-hmm. my job as a line producer is to protect the concept. Okay. They hired me, and I tell them, you hiring me to make the idea happen. Don't get in my way because I'll run you down. <laughs> you know, and they say, how dare, yeah, you, yeah. How dare yeah. you speak to me like that? I said, well, let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you the truth. Here it is. When you yeah. come to a line producer, what you're saying to him, I've got this idea. I've got the $5 million. I want you to help me make it 12, 13, 14. I want you to double the investment. And I said, well, then that means I've got to sit at the big table because without me, this ain't going to get off the ground. Hmm. So a little respect. But if you get in the way of your own idea, my job is to protect the idea. And I have thrown producers under the bus because they are getting in the way of their own idea. And uh, I have been so grateful that I have had some great teachers <laughs> Great experiences that have helped me understand that if it's the project, it's the project. That's my job. You see, I'm not here to bring in so-and-so's cousin. You know, I, I, I had a friend of mine. He says, you know, they, they came to me with money, and they wanted to bring in their friends. I said, sure, no problem, on the next project. <laughs> they want to bring in their friends? They don't no problem with that. Bring them on the next project. Let's prove yourself first on this one before you bring in your friends. And I'll tell you, if they do that, they'll learn that those friends are good as friends, but they may not have the stuff to make the thing happen. And that's, that's mm-hmm. it. And I have no problems explaining that because I'm protecting the project. My job is to protect the project, not to bring in their friends, not to do that. And this well, is what's happening in one you, of your... If I thought this was... You know, I mean, I, I've, I respected you immediately, and, and uh, you, know, you got my attention really fast, I'm thinking. Because, you know, Action Radio, I have to protect Action Radio. 
uh, as well. Absolutely. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Absolutely. trust Action Radio with some of the, the that I didn't trust and didn't respect. And so, exactly. so that was was established. Oh, you know, well, well, we, we, your your guest yeah. brought it, your guest brought it up. Your your two guests brought it up. He says we're not just mm-hmm. going to fill the place because of their color. Mm-hmm. We're not going to fill the place because of their last name. We're filling them because they can do the job. Yeah. This is the difference between these parties. They're just bringing in numbers. I got to bring in results. You see. So on that note, uh, I'd be more than happy to come back and give you an update. And okay. come from the perspective, if I had an idea and I wanted to create it, what would I do? Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you this right now. I'll leave you with this. There's a million and one ways to get something produced. But you have to understand the path. And you are going to make mistakes. I did. Yeah. I embraced those things. Uh, I just got a call from Oregon. They want me to be a line producer on a project that was turned down by Disney. Mm. And uh, I said to them, well, I'll tell you what. First thing you want to do is you want to send a bottle of wine to Disney. They said, what? Yeah, (laughs) thank them. Yeah. Thank them for for not being interested in this project. When I read their script, it's perfect. It's right on. (laughs) No problem. They did us a favor. They left it for us. Hey, thanks for refusing it. You see? Appreciate it. Are you, are yeah, you going to thank exactly. Disney, too? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm going to thank Disney. I'm going to thank whoever... Tr- Look, but my problem is I don't have anybody to send my wine to on the Falcon. Everybody loves it. I said, wait a second. This is right. I can have somebody push back <laughs> on this. Is, well, we're going to, you know, we're gonna if, 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 like I tell my, my, my folks at, at Action Radio, my wonderful people, uh, I said, if I ever start getting egotistical or, or I stop being myself, you have to let me know immediately. And the same thing with you. If exactly. everybody's telling you how wonderful oh, it is, God, you know, gosh. Julie and I will say, well, wait a minute. Something's wrong with yeah, that. It's got to be, yeah, yeah. It's like we're, we're not looking hard enough if, if it's perfect. Exactly. And I don't expect perfection. Thank you very much. Yeah. No. But we're going to look. No, we we got to have some. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. I, I want to find some challenges, and you know, oh, yeah. and, and, I don't know. I don't know. But okay. people are excited about an idea. What if? What if there was a document? Well, what see, this if leads there was their imagination. A, a group the, of their, their imaginations oh, are running God. wild right now. Isn't this great? Oh, I'm sure <laughs> they are. As yeah. it should be. Huh? As it should be on either well, side of the aisle. They've never Doesn't thought about that difference. before. Just the fact that they're they're there you, you know maybe uh, actual questions out there. They're, they're, you know, the, the maybes is like, well, what if, you know, and, and people have never even thought that, that, well, the Constitution's it. Well, is it? We're not going right. to tell you yet, you know, but, uh, no. but just that there, kind of created, that kind of creativity in people. And most people don't do much true. creativity in their life. It's really sad. Um, let's leave it there. I want to get Julia's last comment just because she's been patiently waiting here for a while. Um, and uh, any, any observations you have, uh, and it would be great. And then we'll just do it next week. And again, we can run a little overtime. I don't mind. It's kind of fun. Julia, you got it. first of all, Mary, you thank you. Yeah. You're welcome, sir. Um, no, I think, you know, um, what we're doing is comp- it's so powerful, and um, it's a great time. There is no better time than now. And um, I think we've just been, us as people, we have been so manipulated by all of these uh, law and orders that shouldn't even apply to the, I mean, I understand why they're there, but they shouldn't be so intricate in in some of these things that that are that are harming our families, you know. Yeah. And so, um, and our families is what keeps us moving and breathing, and we wake up every day for them and for us, you know. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. we Absolutely. have to do whatever we have to do whatever we can 
to protect our our families and our our bloodlines and our um just who we are as people here in this beautiful nation under God. And I think um Mario hit it right on the head. Um, you know, we are dealing with a spiritual warfare, you know, and um I've I've never I've never seen evil the way that I've uh, I've seen American people uh, treat their people. So, and we are our worst right. enemies right. right now, you know. So it's like you know, I, I don't fear anything but God now. <laughs> now it's like I walk in His light. <laughs> That's it. I Yeah. Yeah. Let me yeah. just, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. one, one little housekeeping note uh, the podcast will be available about 10 minutes after I close down the show. I'm just going to play a couple more things. Uh, and then, and then we'll be done. Okay. So I've sent you, uh, the, the, the Facebook, the, uh, on Facebook, the actual link to this show, but the regular link for everybody, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Uh, the top show is always the one that, uh, we're about to do that we're doing now, or that was just done. Uh, and so that's how people can find it. So, yeah, let me know what you, I'd be curious to respond to you guys and see what people uh, think of all this. But this has been fun. So let's hold it here. Thank you both so much. And I'll meet you back here next week. You're welcome. Thank you. You got it. Thank you Bye, again. Bye, Julia. Bye, Thank Greg. you again. See you later, kiddo. Take care. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye. All right. And here we go. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strike Force is at StrikeForceEnergy.com. That's StrikeForceEnergy.com. Start your engines. And I'll be back uh, tomorrow morning, our usual time, 7 a.m. Central Time, with another uh, <laughs> show like this one. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Yeah, that was one of the first uh, promotions that I made for the show. And it's like a five-second gap in the beginning. I tried to make that work out. But again, 7 a.m. tomorrow, Central Time. And we'll be back with another. We've got uh, uh, Bill and Wendy and uh, whoever else is going to be on. I, I think I have another extra guest. And, of course, Thursday we have uh, Diane K. Warner uh, is going to start with our election integrity report. That is going to be fabulous also. But today, this is, this is one of those ones you really want to listen to and really want to share. Uh, from Brianna to uh, Josie and then Pianchi called in. And then we had uh, Mario and then Juliet. This has been an amazing day. And so uh, 
So share far and wide, and uh, we, shall, we shall move on and give you more Falcon updates um, as we can. So a couple more announcements, and I'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Central Time. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. <laughs> 